Mom, I just once I want to do something right. And I don't want you to run away from me again. Dad? <laughs> this is all going too fast you for me. You better give son. me something. You better give me something fast. Jimmy, you're very young. A foolish decision now could wreck your whole life. In ten years, you'll never know this even happened. Dad, answer her. Tell her. Ten years. Dad, let me hear you answer her. Stand up! Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Dave Z. Hot as leather. You know how he says that at the end? He goes, we're hot as leather. Jamie Jenkins. I, I, I. I like it. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Wow, here it is. The big 10-year anniversary show. Yeah! Ow! Ow! <laughs> yeah! So, yeah, here it is. Wow. Ten years ago tonight, the Skeleton Crew started. Uh, it's hard to believe. So, let me introduce everybody. My name is Alex, and I'm here with Jamie. What's up, Jamie? I I am excited to be here. Ten years is a long time. Wow, it's hard to believe. And the guy that was there from pretty much jump and there ever since, Dave Z. What is up, Dave Z? Hey yo. <laughs> Rest in peace, Skull. <laughs> That's your plan. You're so funny. Wow. Wow, that's epic, dude. You said, hey, yo, but it was Scott Hall. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Because I'm retiring it. I'm, I'm, I'm never, in honor of Scott Hall, I'll never, I'll never say it again. So there it is. <laughs> wow, yeah? It's the last time for this event, yep. Wow. Well, what a fitting time to do it. Yeah. Well, it was, it worked out. I mean, uh, uh, you know, unfor- uh, unfortunately. Yeah, the timing unfortunately worked out. But yeah, but there's that. Yeah, got to retire yeah, out of respect. Yeah, so. R.I.P. Scott Hall. He was the only NW. Yeah, uh, he was the only NWO member I never met, and I was. Uh, I always was conscious of that, and I was op- always hoping that day would come, but that will never. So yeah, that's sad. Yes, it is. But we got to change the beat around for this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't mourn right now because we're celebrating 10 years of the Skeleton Crew. That's hard to believe. Now, of course, we can't get full credit here. I mean, all we're celebrating is that it started 10 years ago. We can't say that it's been going on for 10 years or anything like that. But, uh, you know, 
been drips and drabs, I guess it has been. You know, we, we've we done things along the way, and uh, our last Skeleton Crew show was 2020 in October, uh, Halloween. So it wasn't really that long ago, and, uh, you know, <laughs> we did our anniversary or one-year shows and things like that. But, yeah, so, yeah, April 2nd, 2012, uh, the crew started up. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure I told the story, but basically we were on... Um, the Rabbit and Red, me, Mike, and Vince, and then uh, I parted ways with them around the summertime when we were fired from um, Horrorbid, and then they kept it going, and then they had a falling out, and then Mike contacted me, and he said, um, would you like to, to do our own thing, and I'll get us back on Horrorbid, and I was like, uh... I don't know about that. How are we going to get back on there? And what are we going to do if, if Vince isn't with us? Who's going to host it and things like that? So, uh, basically, <clears throat> he said, well, you could do it and I'll help you. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, that'd be weird. Because I was really, really bad on Rabbit and Red. Like, I often thought of doing specials or whatever and playing clips of me and things like that to prove that. Uh, so I just didn't think I, I should be hosting a show. So I was really against it. And, uh, I just felt that we needed at least one more person because it seemed good for three people because if two people had nothing to say, at least maybe the third guy did. So, uh, at the time I was becoming friends with Dan just on Facebook and, um, he, he was like, yeah, man, I want to do my own thing too. I kind of, I'm getting into this. And I was like, yeah, you should, dude, you should do something. Even though I never heard him really in any real way. He was a guest on their show, I guess. And then, um, I guess I felt he had the gift of gab from that, from what he did then. And then I just encouraged him to do his own thing. And then, um, <clears throat> this came along just weeks later. So I reached out to him. I said, Hey, uh, turns out I'm going to be doing something again. Uh, with Mike, the guy that you listen to, so do you want to want to join? And uh, he did, and then the rest was history, really. How did they? What happened to you guys at Horrorbit? Like, why did you, why did Rabbit and Red get fired? I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Um, because the House of Horror show started up over there. Um, I think Justin Swarens, the guy who ran Horrorbit, he. I don't think he was crazy about um, Vince's approach to the show or something about it. I remember he was saying something that he he wasn't totally... He didn't feel he was getting everything he really wanted. I think that... I think we weren't doing the, the new stuff enough and stuff like that. So I think he wanted a show that kept up with what's actually happening today. And uh, yeah, and the three of us were not really even that tuned to that or nor did we have the access to the movies to do things like that so we we were kind of just revisiting horror more than doing new things then he got house of horror guys and they would just do new things and then their retrospectives would be like a big deal because it's like oh wow now we're going to revisit instead of that being the the basic premise they did it and people gravitated to them um because they wanted to hear about the new stuff and basically I think they I think uh, Vince and Justin had like even personal disagreements like headbutting type things and then I think he, he just said yeah some you know we're not gonna do this anymore and that was the end 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, yep. Man. Well, you know, I was going to save this for later because I know there's questions coming in, but I was going to ask you a question. And I was going to wait till later, but this question has to do with what you're talking about right now. When you sat down the very first time and recorded, because I remember you posted them on, on CLAD online in, your, in the message boards, right? The very first time you sat down and recorded, uh, who was it? Who was it with? Was it was it with Vince and Mike? That wasn't the big question. But. <laughs> the first time I ever recorded anything in my life. For them, for you know, horror related, Rabbit and Red, the first horror recording you did. Yeah, it was it was a thing called Blog Talk Radio, because back then you didn't have the means of recording. Well, you probably did, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to speak for. I'm sure you could have done anything, but the way podcasting was done back then was you you sign up to it's just called blog talk i i had a show on blog talk radio that's how i started yeah i think that's how it all kind of i don't know maybe it, again i don't want to speak for everybody but it seemed like that was where it, things like that started so you clicked something and you were all on and then it would it would start the thing with your whatever you made your intro and then you start talking and it records it and broadcasts it to oh well see when i was on there it was live yeah i guess it would broadcast it it would play it like as it happened yeah and that's a cool thing it was live too that was different that was a totally different type of pressure too that i was not good with starting out but uh yeah it would play live and then you downloaded it if you missed that live show um but you, you know, you had to, you had to all know it was happening. It wouldn't, you wouldn't get an alert, I guess, or anything like that. I don't think. Man, I, I still remember sitting there and like Vince threw it to me, and I just had nothing to say. <laughs> it was so awkward. I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's a that that song is a that's a cool intro with uh, I like those lines with Loomis and Halloween one and two. They were good. <laughs> Like it was just really that bad, and it was so awkward. I gotta like, I gotta, I gotta at least pull out like my first ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> it man. is so hard to listen to. It's understandable though. It's a live thing, and you're put on the spot, and it's your first time. And if if it's a question that you don't right off the bat you can't come up with an answer, then you're like, oh man. And it's nerves too, you know. So it's yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't quick on my feet or anything at the time. That that's a skill that you definitely develop. I think. I mean, unless you know, I'm sure Jamie was or whatever. But I definitely needed to develop that. I I just because I'm an introvert, I'm not very sociable or anything. So I don't really hold that many conversations exactly. That, and that that's why I haven't developed that yet. So I'm still, I'm still the same all these years of, of podcasting. I, I, can't, I can't do it. So, okay, blog talk aside, because you probably didn't have any expectations at all for blog talk. It's, but when it became a podcast, when the idea was pitched to you that you guys were going to do this show. Right. What, what, like, what did you think would happen with it? Like, what were your expectations? I don't, I don't know. Like, you never... It's hard to even conceptualize who's going to be listening or anything like that. Or, like, am I going to be popular or whatever? Or like, that's, like, a weird thing. But I think when that all first started occurring to me, I mean, you got a couple comments in blog talk. Oh, and by the way, the answer was Mike and Vince. That's who I did that with. Okay, I was right. Okay, right on. 
it first started occurring to me the the whole popularity thing when we went to Harbid and they would post the shows on the message boards and then you'd start seeing comments. And that did not bode well with me because because yeah, I remember at the time I was the third guy and I wasn't good. Even even 25 shows in, I we must have done 20 shows or so on Blog Talk. And then when I went to Harbid I still wasn't great or anything, and at the and Vince did the show differently. It wasn't exactly the way we do it now. He was the true lead of the show, meaning he spoke like sixty percent of the time, and then when it went to you, you you had to hurry and come up with something, but it wouldn't last long. And that I I needed to like I can't get good like that like I kind of need to um get in a groove and I feel like there is no getting in a groove in that way in that format so I never got better so when people started talking about like the show I was usually just completely left out of the conversation like no one would even say my name they would say Mike and Vince all the time and my name never even came up and then you'd get like a pity Oh, and Alex too, or something, <laughs> you know. And it, like, it, yeah, it would be weird. It, it, it was. I was met with first, definitely rejection. It was not like some instant thing where people thought, "Yeah, this guy's really good on the radio," you know. Like, no, it was the opposite. It's understandable, but you made up. You more than made up for it as you went on. So that's what's important. You know? Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was hard to take though, because you, you're getting on there and. And when when you see or, or read that, then the next show comes up, and you're like, "Oh, right." And then you're you're sitting there knowing that most people don't like you or even acknowledge you. So uh, the first show I ever did was August 9th, two thousand ten. That was Blog Talk. Um, we left Blog Talk on December eighteenth, two thousand ten. Then we started Horrorbid, the first show. Oh, that's weird. Oh, I, I guess we recorded Blog Talk and then posted it to them. So it looks like um, December 7th, 2010 was the first Horrorbid one. And then I then I was off the, I was off the show by January 14th. <laughs> and then back on in May 13th of 2011. And then we got fired on June 23rd of 2011. <laughs> fired from a podcast group. <laughs> from, from as, a, a... as a podcast, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's another feather in your cap, man. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, it was a journey. And then we started this in April 2012, obviously. Okay. And now, Jamie, a question for you because it ties into this. Okay. Okay. How did it come about, and what did you think the very first time you heard Alex's... The first thing you heard from Alex, I'm going to guess it was Skeleton Crew. I don't know. But the very uh, first no, time. you're right. Uh, but the, the very first thing I heard from Alex was he left a message for us on Devour the Podcast, and it stuck out to me because it was, it was just a voicemail message, but it was... <laughs> highly produced and I was like oh, who is this guy this is great and um, 
and there, like you know, there was music in the background. And I mean, it was Alex. You know, Alex has always mm-hmm. been a hell of a producer. So even with a little simple message, it was a, uh, it was great. So then I started listening, and I really liked the way they played off each other. Do you know what show it was? Oh my God! What episode? Episode? No. I mean, maybe I Sleepaway Camp, right? You know what? I probably because I think that's the reason you reached out to us, right? Right. Was right. You, okay. That probably was it. And then uh, he asked me to come on the show uh, just as a guest, and that was fun. And, and what show was that? What episode was that? Do you guys know? Uh, we knew it one time. What was the first thing? Was it? Because you did the news or something for us. That's was right, during... I did. Yeah, because I used to do the news on Devour. And, well, which I actually started doing on Last Blog on the Left. And then when I went to Devour, I was like, hey, I used to do this news segment on this other show. We could do that here. And then so I started doing the news on Devour. And then when I came on Skeleton Crew... I know that one thing I did was the news segment. Which I got... I remember I got in trouble for that. (laughs) Because um, Jamie came on to do the news segment. And I thought it would be... Because, you know, I I wasn't... uh, Well, I I didn't know what would be appropriate or not. Like, I didn't think of things like that. Or what might be seen as stealing or anything. So, oh, her, her first episode was... Thir- show number 30, Tuesday night moves to Res- Rosewood Lane. Yeah, that was uh, the 38-minute mark. Nice. So when she comes on, <laughs> I thought it would be cool to play the music that she plays on Devour when she starts the news. I thought that might be, like, fitting or, or make sense or whatever, or that she would like it or that it would be cool. So when I did it, all of a sudden I got this message from the guy who runs her show... And he was like, dude, what the hell, man? And I was like, "Uh, what happened? He goes, why did you steal the music from the show that Jamie uses in the news and play it on yours? And I was like, I thought that was her intro. I thought it would be cool. And he goes, dude, you can't do things like that. And I was like, oh, sorry. Wow, I never knew that happened. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't have cared. Right. Yeah, this is it. Oh my god. It's 9 o'clock in Denver. It's 10 o'clock in Chicago. In Baltimore, it's 642. Time for the 11 o'clock report. Here's Johnny. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, we're back with the skeleton crew. Nice little piece, though. Oh my god, that brings back so many memories. It's crazy, right? Now looking back on it, I guess I can see that he did create that whole thing. Well, yeah, but I, I, I just don't see any reason in getting your underwear in a twist over it. Yeah, you were the one doing the news. Yeah, you were representing his show. That's true. <laughs> 
yeah. Right. It isn't like I started my own news segment and just played that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that happened. Huh. That's funny. Brand new into the game in the community and there's a, a beef already. <laughs> <laughs> well, that How makes goes. sense. That explains a lot. <laughs> Maybe it is me this whole time. <laughs> it's everybody these days, buddy. <laughs> not me anymore. No, oh, not me for six months now. It's been over six months. <sighs> I mean, outside of a, a dip of the toe uh, for an event or two. But, I mean, that's it. Wow. Yeah, I don't even miss it. It's crazy. So, what, so your question was, what was the first thing she heard? And that's what she thought. So, so what did you think when we asked you to come on, Jamie, to do, like, um, to... The news, even. I was excited about it. I thought you guys were great, and I was... It was cool to be asked to do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, back then, I didn't do... I hadn't gotten into doing the guest spots and all of that, you know, like I went on to do. I mean, I feel sorry for people there. (laughs) There was a time when they couldn't turn on any podcast without hearing me blathering about. (laughs) But... Um, and, and, and that was when I had a lot of time on my hands, you know, like there, I would do like 13 shows a week, you know, all, all over the place. But back then that was, that was really cool and exciting to be invited to do something like that. Plus I thought you guys were fun. Yeah. It's funny. Cause when I asked you to do that, I think I clearly immediately thought of you cause you, at this time, a lot of people don't know this. It was actually ending at this time, but at this time, I was huge into Howard Stern. Like, he was everything um, to me in my downtime from, I'd say, 1994 to 2013. So, he was, like, everything. So, I related everything to him when it comes to talking into a mic, whether it be on a radio or a pod, like, anything in this realm. So... I immediately associated you with Robin because that was the only female voice I ever heard on a radio and stuff like that. And then you did news segments, which is what she's kind of famous for. And then I, and then there was the laugh. <laughs> oh yeah, that the the laugh too. <laughs> and that's what Robin's famous for. So um, having you come on to do the news to me, that was my way of kind of living that out. You know, flash forward. I obviously in the beginning thought of you as Robin to my Howard. Not that I'm as good as him, but that's my role in the show. So that's how I saw you. But that quickly went away. I mean, as as we did our own thing and developed our own thing, um, you know, I kind of forgot about that kind of stuff. And then it was just us and getting to what we were doing. And I, I really didn't think of it that the way I used to, like how I want to piece these things together. I guess once they were there, I just did what we're doing, you know. It was fun. To, it was fun to listen to, and I'm thinking about Jamie in the beginning with you guys. It, you guys used to always have this this, this uh, playful banter, like flirting, just messing around and <laughs> shit, you know. And that 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 slowly went away, never completely, of course, because well, he know. would always ask me these really awkward sexual questions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it was it was fun though. Like it was uh, it it was just. I mean, you know what's weird is is back then you don't think about, and I, I still catch myself doing this now. Like I feel like I'm talking to the people that we interact with all the time, and I forget that there are all these other people that are potentially out there that I don't know. 
who are listening. So it feels very intimate. It feels like an intimate situation. And then uh, you'll get a random comment from someone that you didn't know was listening. And I will never forget the the only. Okay, that's not true. I've had two. But um, the first negative comment I ever got was when I was on Skeleton Crew. <laughs> and this guy tweeted. Uh, and he's just basically like I that... I'm too intelligent to not speak like a lady. I should I should speak like a lady and that my sense of humor was crass and and that, you know, he didn't approve of my language. And so I told him to go fuck himself. I was like, you know, I don't mean nice. You know, I, I'm like, you know, I don't I don't have anything to prove to anyone. So I don't have to live up to what you think I should do. I'm doing my I'm doing what I do. Right. Uh, he actually responded and said, you know, well, I, I didn't literally say go fuck yourself. I was, <laughs> I was more thoughtful than that. But he did respond and say that you know, okay, I guess you know that's a, that's a good point. I'm like, well, you're damn right, it's a good point. Like, I'm, I, I didn't even get that. I'm like, you're not going to say anything about what the guys say. Like, it doesn't right. matter what kind of jokes they. <laughs> yeah, tell, we're already dumb. <laughs> the kind of language that they use, but but there's something wrong with me speaking freely. Fuck off. Well, it's the same thing that Adele had to go through. Like when she lost all her weight, like people were going after her saying, you know, you're, you know, you, you were this representative for people Uh, to feel good about themselves, no matter what they look like. And now she's like, I'm not your representative. I'm not, I'm not going to stay unhealthy just to make you feel better about your, you know, weight issues and stuff. She said, then let me be your inspiration to make yourself healthier. Then she goes like to think that you're going to put that on me, that I should feel guilty for losing, you know, 80 pounds, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That whole mentality is ridiculous. Right. The people should be representing what you on a whim thought the impression you got that they were going to do. It's like, no, no, I'm just doing my own thing. And that's just what you thought at the time. And now you think it's changing. But it's not. I'm not a role model, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Just living their lives. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she could be an inspiration for, for people that, that want to lose weight, too. Did you ever look at it from the perspective of, you know, of being inspiring, saying, hey, look, I was out of shape, this and that. That's, you know, no way to go through life for, for health reasons more than anything. And I lost this weight, you know? And it could be, but who knows, man? I, that's why I'm off socials. I, I don't know what people are thinking with half the stuff they say and do. <laughs> one of the questions I get or got throughout the years, this would be that would be a good one to put on this 10th anniversary show. Because um, uh, I'm sure other people are wondering, but they never remember to ask by the time they got back online or anything. But then one of the things I'm asked a lot of the times throughout the years is when you're when you're doing a show who are you thinking about like when you're talking what is going through your mind are you thinking of any particular friends that are going to hear this like do you when i'm talking do i think am i talking to jerry vitetta or something you know like am i talking to neil am i talking to you know like anybody who's on our facebook group do i think of them while i'm saying something because i i'm saying it directly to these people or am i saying it to a black a blankness am i am i thinking of you guys and just 
being zoned in on this conversation? Like, what what do you think about? So I guess I'll throw that to you guys. <laughs> what do I think about? I, Are you just on autopilot or something? Yeah. Like, do I think? No, I just enjoy it. I, I think I'm. I'm, I'm happy that people are listening. It's exciting. So I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's a state of euphoria. Do you, do you <laughs> ever think that people are listening while you're talking? Like, I don't even think I think that. I don't know. I don't know if it pops in my head. I don't know. Um, most of the time, I'm just involved in the conversation that I'm having. And occasionally... It usually happens if I say something and then I'm like, oh, and then I'll think, oh, how's that going to come across? Or, or did I, did I say that the way I meant to say it? Like, you know, and that it'll draw my attention to it. But typically I'm just engaged in the conversation that I'm having. Right. Yeah. When I, when I talk, I don't think of it as something that's going to broadcast. I don't think of it as, I hope I said that right. Really? I mean, of course, I don't look to offend or alienate people, but um, maybe I don't even know I am, you know? I, th- I think the one, the times I should be thinking is when I go too hard on a movie or something, and I think, you know, later on down the road or something, I'll, I'll say, well, I'm probably, like, really getting people mad because there are a lot of dumb movies that I like, and um, I'm sure people... N- if they know that, they might not say something exactly in front of me, but there are some, probably some dumb ones they like, and I just went all out on it. Like, probably, you know, even if you just yeah, want that's what we've always done. We take the piss out of things, and if people have been listening to the show for, you know, this long, if they don't know that by now, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, that'd be something they had to pick up on fairly early, because there's always been kind of like a flippant approach to talking about movies and you know you've done things like you know the what the fuck moments or whatever um i would hope no one ever got offended by stuff like that right i think your goal is to not be middle of the road you don't want to come on here and not have strong opinions because otherwise you might be someone that someone thinks you're not worth listening to like yeah this guy doesn't even have like a definite thought on anything i can't even get in tune with him because yeah. he he doesn't really say anything that's yeah i'm gonna do a whole show where i'm just like it's all right <laughs> right would you say it is okay like you know yeah i mean watch it if you want if you don't it, it's whatever like yeah you know eh, eh. <laughs> you can't really do that so so you have to really kind of be expressive for what you love and what you don't and sometimes that backfires. I'm sure it backfired in my Friday the 13th Part 3, the original show of that. Like, uh, that was probably the dumbest idea we could have thought of to to really go hard on that. Because how could you not know? That they were, st- you know, stealing gas to sell it. How could you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> again and again. <laughs> well, because... You know, what's funny is I was just on Exploding Heads. Brian and I uh, did a guest spot on Exploding Heads, which, by the way, thanks again, Dave. We had a lot of fun. Thank you. It was great. And and I brought up on that show the whole guest stealing thing. And I was like, you know, it... Uh, he, he'll never be able to forget that his whole life because it's constantly brought up on skeleton. <laughs> so I was actually waiting for the moment to bring that. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and it was the perfect segue. See? How could you do an anniversary show and not, and not bring that up? <laughs> uh, 
It's true. Yeah, there's so many little things that became drops and, like, fun things along the way. Like, even, like, the smallest thing that I turned into something was just Jamie saying, I I, I like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that stuff. It's just a passing nothing. It's not even particularly funny until it becomes that. <laughs> and, like, but there's so many things that, like, along the way, like, if you're the kind of listener who listened to shows more than once, then you totally can get in the zone, the bone zone, <laughs> you know, like, <clears throat> it did become like a world, like a family and a world, it was really interesting, um, how the whole thing kind of took off, see, and now at this time, so now that I'm the lead host in 2012, um, one person I was talking to said, well, you, since you were so bad on Rabbit and Red, maybe talk about when did you think it was finally good? I think the conversation... Episode 30. <laughs> yeah, when you first did the news. <laughs> I think the difference, again, between Rabbit and Red and Skeleton Crew was the format. I think I think Vince took a more of a Howard Stern approach. Like, Robin doesn't do nearly as much as talking as, as Howard does. And any other sidekick, even Artie. So, so that's the kind of thing that he took with... Skeleton Crew, it was less professional in that sense, and it was more just like a conversation. The three of us were involved much more. So to me, that already rang better than whatever I did before, especially when I was quiet the whole time, and then whenever I was thrown something every three to five to seven minutes, whatever it was, I just couldn't do it. I have no excuse. I'm not... Maybe I'm not smart enough or whatever. I'm not good enough. I don't have gift of gab or whatever you want to say. Um, but I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I couldn't get better. And I think like once we started this, I think it was already better to me at least. Um, so I was, I was pleased with those first twelve shows. Um, of course, there there were a lot. There was a lot of editing done in those first twelve shows. Like we weren't great, um, but I think I definitely trimmed the fat and got pretty good content out of the first 12 shows but when did I really think I was good uh, I don't know like I probably thought like once once it seemed like everybody was saying kind of positive things and nobody pointed out anything bad and it, it seemed like we grew this family and this community and stuff like that and everybody was down for all this stuff I guess I guess I was comfortable with myself around um like the Halloween time stuff. Like, so October. So from April through September, I was probably, like, timid. And then once I saw things were kind of rolling by then, and people were participating in giveaways and things like that, then I started to feel like, well, maybe we're good. And um, then I got comfortable, I guess. But of course, then I was instantly battling <laughs> Mike every week. And then, you know, things were falling apart from the inside out. So I couldn't even really like enjoy the the fact that I'm getting better at this because I was already now trying to maintain the internal damage. Were you editing those things? Oh no. Oh yeah, I was. People to this day say they can't. Like I when when I was going balls to the wall and I was like crazy with Skeleton Crew. Even like once Jamie came on and, and we were really cooking, 
we started to do like shows crazy frequently in like 13 and 14. You know, we we're probably doing a lot. I was going just like there were times we would record for three hours. And as soon as we all hung up, I would set it all up to start editing and I would edit for the next two hours. Like that's how like zoned in or something. Like, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of just, again, like a machine on autopilot in a way where it was just this goal in mind and nothing, it was like tunnel vision and nothing was ever going to change the goal at hand and I would just keep going and going and going and these were all full productions like full effort every time it was never just well I, I can't do it this week I'm just going to skip this and do that and do that like that never happened like not once so it was a lot and like I don't know I don't know how it, you eventually just be going to a zone and you just do it but um, and like oh, the, some of the worst stuff was, was October that year he didn't realize not only is he doing this to me but at the same time like don't forget all those interviews we had in October yeah they were great yeah the, the missing film Halloween Justin Beam all that stuff and I'm trying to produce the Halloween movie award do you know how long that took? Like, if you listen to that, you're just listening to it as the seconds go by. But there could be four seconds that took 35 minutes to make. And and that happened uh, plenty of times. Like, even when I did my movie, the, the scene of Jason walking to the diner and walking away, that was, that was 90 minutes of work to get that, those 12 seconds done. And that was because we forgot to film it, so I had to drive 45 minutes each way, get there, shoot that, and then just drive home. And like, but that, so you're looking at 17 seconds, and if someone didn't spend almost two hours, you wouldn't have those seconds. And like, things like that happen all the time on a skeleton crew. Like, major efforts were made to have everything exactly how it was. Yeah, it was weird. I probably became like neurotic with it, but I tried not to let that bother anyone else I feel like anytime anybody ever came on the show you you should have just felt at ease and felt that we're just here to have fun and talk about things and laugh and have a good time hopefully it, anything I was ever thinking never bled over to a, a host well Halloween was the best time one of the best the opening Friday the 13th retro was one of the best and then when Jamie came on immediately all those retros you guys did were freaking amazing. And then basically everything after that when Jamie was there. But those are the memories. Those are like my, my big stretches of, uh, you know, Friday the 30th. It's Friday, and it was the first thing I ever listened to. So it just, it's just always going to be, uh, I don't know. You know, I had that feel. I got, it's got feels, that thing for me. <laughs> so, oh, definitely. Uh, it's It's almost like how you feel when you're watching the movies that got you into horror. Like, when you're listening to the shows that got you into podcasting, it, it, it's kind of the same type of deal. Yep. You know? So those were, the, those were the trends, man. And then the Jamie, when she came on, boom, holy shit. It was freaking franchise after franchise. You guys went balls to the wall. And there was instant chemistry. And then, boom, you guys are off to the races that year. I'll tell you that. Man. Those franchise retros were my favorite things. To this day, they're my favorite things. Um, nice. Yeah, I actually went back and listened again a couple of years ago to the Texas Chainsaw Retro, which was the first one. Yeah, so did I when the new movie was coming out. 
I was like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, some I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. Somebody asked, um, hopefully we could all answer this. You might have to scroll through, I don't know. but uh, So they said, what's your favorite episodes of the Michael J. era? I wrote down uh, the Friday Retro, the Psycho vs. Psycho remake show, uh, the Jump the Shark shows we did, the Ethel from Friday Five interview, the Adrian King interview, the Curse of Michael J., and uh, hmm. the Halloween Movie Awards. What, what was great was you guys had immediate chemistry. It probably took three episodes, I would say, official. Dan was a little bit quiet at first. But then when he started loosening up, and you knew how Mike was going to be from working with him, and then everything just kind of flowed. So you guys had, like, like you know, pretty much instant chemistry. So, and then, so, and you guys were soaring. Well, I felt like when, I felt like when I came on that it, for me anyway, it was kind of instant. You know, I, you guys were so great at making me feel at home and welcome and relaxed. And I always trusted Alex as far as production goes and editing. And I mean, I remember I said to you back then, and it was like, I, I trust you. I know you won't make me sound stupid. You know, <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to sound stupid, I'll do it myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> On your own accord. <laughs> but I always trusted him. And I, I just immediately felt like I belonged. You know, they were so good at making me feel at home. Yeah, de- definitely the one thing we never did to Jamie was we never made her feel like the out of place new guy on the show or anything we never no. made yeah Not never made her feel like she has something to prove before she really gets in or anything no you were excited to have her that's that's how it came off is that you were excited to have her and it was almost like um you know it was a big deal you're like yeah i you know still I mean? remember yeah. where i was when i had the conversation with alex about coming on the show i know exactly where i was and what i was doing and wow. uh, I was at work, and I was sitting on a bench outside the lab, uh, talking to him on the phone. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll." It's it's kind of weird because I knew that there were things going on, and I was actually like hoping for it, you know, just because I enjoyed spending time with him so much. And I had my other shows that I did, you know, I was doing Still Devour at the time, and I was doing Evil episodes, and um, so it's not like I didn't have anything to do but I just wanted to spend time with them I had such a good time with them that when he was like hey do you want to do this like all the time I jumped on that I was like yes because it had a very different vibe from any show I had ever done before and it was very and and each show has its own feel you know and this was a very different one and so it, it almost felt like morning radio yeah, yeah, you know? it did to me. That's what was so great about it. And that's what it is. It, because of your personality, Jamie, you could come in there and do stuff with these guys where some other uh, female that was doing a show could come on and say, ah, I don't think, um, you know, um, we're gonna, I, I can do this long term with them. But you, part of your personality, you like to goof off. You're not uptight about things. So you fit right in with that. So that was even better. You're just like, boom. Like immediate, right? Yeah. Um, the one of the questions I have some ones that were not posted, some sent to me, and one of the ones were um, 
what's different about when you're on the skeleton crew compared to because they know Jamie was on like many and then Dave's been on a couple now many <laughs> what 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 is the is there a distinct difference how does it how is it separated how how does your mind rearrange itself when you're going there as, a, as opposed to being somewhere else things like that so I couldn't answer that because uh, you know I'm always on it so I guess you guys. Yeah, would but be you the, also uh... did married with children. So how is it? How is it different from when you were doing married with children? Oh, um, well, by the time I was doing married with children, I was older, and I, I was thinking of the audience now because now we're the only. Because that's the thing. Like with Skeleton Crew, you kind of have to go all out with your own vibe. You have to separate yourself from everybody else as best you can while staying true to yourself so you might have to do a hyper intense version of yourself in order to make that distinction so you and you can't not be yourself because then you're stuck on a show where you're not going to be yourself and that's not going to be fun so you have to be yourself but you have to kind of be you know a bigger version of that so um when I, we started Married with Children, the difference here is that we're the only Married with Children show. So now I have to try to appeal to all of the Married with Children fans and hopefully get them to listen. Yeah. Well, we had to keep it PG and, uh, but you know, with horror fans, you know what you're getting. You know, horror fans are horror fans, but with married with children fans, they span all over the place. And the, the ages groups, gonna... uh, you know, all walks of life. Right. So that makes sense. I think I I wanted to do a clean show on married with children because I think some of the theories were like I want it to kind of represent the I want it to be very in line with with the actual show, and since that was on Fox, it's not going to be raunchy and tits and blood and everything else like in a horror movie it's gonna be it's gonna be you know kind of that dark sarcastic humor which we already have but um i i wanted the the tone to match the actual show so i and and then i've heard people have a problem with that like even the guy tyler who was on the show he said he couldn't believe that we were not filthy and raunchy he he expected married with children podcast hosts to come on and be like yeah yeah this fucking fuck this fuck that and i was like yeah that's what you really thought and i guess again at the time i was 37 so and and i kind of liken it to like i used to kind of 37 in a row uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh i i used to liken myself to um angry video game nerd because I noticed that as he got older... He's calmed down a lot. <laughs> oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, buffalo yeah. fucking diarrhea dump into turd's ass and blah, blah, blah. And like, right. and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped doing that. And I thought that was like the weirdest thing. And I was like, why Why would you stop doing the thing that got everybody to listen to you? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I guess he figures now that he has millions and millions of people, they're going to listen regardless so now as he grows up and he changes and develops into whatever he is today that hopefully they will take the journey with him you know like bands hope people do that they never do 
he did that and he matured and it was no longer a fuck fest and it was like okay i'm not gonna talk like that anymore i'm fucking 35 i'm 40 years old blah blah you know and i i guess that's what i did and i didn't mean to do that I didn't, I didn't consciously go, well, I think I'm in the, the angry video game era where I'm going to calm down because it's been five years or it's been seven years or whatever the case. Like, it just it just kind of happens. So when Married with Children, I had a chance to do that from jump so it wouldn't seem weird. And I could do it right away. And I asked Dan and, or at the time, um, Jerry and Justin, and they were fine with that. And then Dan and Jamie knew that that's what they were getting into and they were okay with that. So, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the differences, I guess, from Skeleton Crew to Married Children for me. So how about you guys with Skeleton Crew compared to your other various shows? Well, I am definitely not as raunchy as I was on the Skeleton Crew. And again, that is not a conscious decision. It's just that things are different, like I'm married now. The show that I do, I do with Brian. <laughs> so it just... It's a very different, I don't know, like I'm in a different place in my life. So things have changed now. So I was actually thinking the other day, I'm like, Jesus Christ, compared to what I used to do, like the jokes I used to tell and, and all of that. And, um, back then I used to do ads for like Adam and Eve, um, Mm -hmm. for, you know, and I'm like, I don't even, I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm like somebody's (laughs) mom now. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I still have the same sense of humor. I just don't express it the way that I did on Skeleton Crew. And I think that was probably just because it was, like, two young guys and a young girl. And, uh, well, I guess I wasn't young then. You were young enough. (laughs) I was younger. Um, (laughs) And just the whole dynamic was very different. Everyone was single. Um as far as, I mean, we were dating people, but, you know, no one was married. Mm-hmm. It just was a very different time of life. So I I think about that and I think about how things have changed. You know, I think my my opinions have pretty much been expressed the same way, but I just don't joke around like, like I used to. You know, occasionally I might throw out a blowjob joke or something, but it's, it's not the shtick, which... Right. That's just who I was back then, you know, but I was young and wild and free, so. Right, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, looking back, do I regret that? No. It, no. I'm, I'm glad that, actually, I'm glad that was captured, because um, it's funny. It, it, it makes me glad, like, when I listen back, yeah, listen, I've listened back to these, and I've cringed for sure. Like, I was like, God, why, why was I so, like... Um, opinionated in in certain ways, like in the sense that sometimes I I said things that are so outrageous that I couldn't believe that I I felt I had to do that to get a certain point across, and it's it's so not even what I think now, and and it's weird to go back and and hear things like that and know that it's coming from like a thirty two year old guy or like a thirty three year old thirty four year old. It's like you know that should be an age where you're not talking like that but I guess I have like a slow development or something but you know to me that it's almost like what norm, normally you'd hear from a 24 year old or a 25 year old so um, yeah there are definitely moments but for overall the way I acted and all that kind of stuff I don't regret that 
that that's how I did it then, I guess. And it, it was fun, and I'm glad I had that hyper energy and all that kind of stuff. And I'm glad that was the tone of our show, like just balls to the wall, fun, everything's a fucking joke, and it's, you know, but at the same time, we're we're still getting things across, we're getting information across, we're getting our passions across, we're getting our hate across, you know, and at the same time, the biggest thing is that we're all jiving with each other, and we're all laughing and all having fun. That's really the most important part. It's not exactly how you conduct yourself. You're young, you're going to do different things than you do today, but... It was a great time, and I think that will always come through. Uh, so how about you, Dave? Oh, well, the thing is, doing Skeleton Crew, is, is for me, is unlike doing anything else. It is a, a feel all its own every time I was on. Uh, the beginning was a lot of nervousness, I'll tell you that, the first mm-hmm. couple times. And nervous and excited. But it was like, when I was just doing the guest spots and stuff, I was nervous, I was excited, but... Because I had known Alex longer than anybody in this community that I was in, it, it was easy in, in that respect that I knew it was going to be chill. But coming on, it, uh, so that. But the funny thing is, as I started doing more and just doing more podcasts in general, and you know, st- dipping analyzer and everything, when that was going on, ever since then, I still have that excitement because I was the the listener first and and everything else, and it's all nostalgia for me. So there's a certain feel when I'm on. You know, it always was there, and it's still there now, even doing it. But I feel laid back because I don't have to be at this point. I don't now. I don't have to worry about doing the lead host or any of that stuff. I could just come and kick it. Mm-hmm. And but there's still that feel in there because this is my first show that I listened to and the, the first show that I, that I came onto. So it's it's always gonna be, you know. And you guys, you know, Alex for forever and Jamie. Who, jeez, times times flying. You know, we've been tight for a while now so it's like it's exciting it's still exciting that's the bottom line in a way that guesting anywhere else isn't wow thanks you know people don't know but i first knew dave as chainsaw for like eight years (laughs) yep his name was chainsaw and we were just two like friday the 13th part two losers on a message board like we were so obsessed um i guess they still are (laughs) but um, with that movie and that was our that was our avatar and that was our banner and that was like everything and you know that was always the shit and then um, <laughs> but that's how he knew me as um, Demon and I knew him as Chainsaw so that that was uh, that mess back when message boards were the thing before social media came out you you had a name ah, before Demon too what, did, what the hell was yeah, it yeah Tommy Jarvis <laughs> Tommy Jarvis thank you how could I forget that I was very creative I was sensing a theme um, do you remember those days when you never knew anyone's real name? It was, uh, and then when things like MySpace and Facebook came around and you would sort of do like a, a cross culture thing and get to know people that you've known for years on forums, right? but you never knew anything about them personally. You never knew their real name. You never knew. I mean, occasionally you'd get close with people and, and know more about them. But for the most part, you knew them as whatever, like whatever, whatever name they came screen up with. name was. Yeah. And that is just, a, it, it's such a weird, different time compared to now where, I mean, a lot of people use fake names on Facebook still or whatever but now you just you know so much more about people you see people's 
actual faces. You know, back then you saw their avatar photo and that was it. (laughs) You know what I did back then? And I, I don't know why I started doing it, but it was, it was a thing I did for a long time. Uh, Back in the day on forums, you could put like quotes. And so every time you would, um, you know, respond to a thread, then your little quote would be at the bottom of your post. You know, oh, yeah. it was just yeah. like a part of your post or whatever. I used to do this thing where I would make up fake quotes from fake movies <laughs> and I would put this like made up quote in the in quotations and then I would credit a movie that I totally made up like it, it didn't even exist and I used to just get the biggest kick out of trolling people <laughs> we're like oh my god what is that I've never seen it and I'm like oh it's great you should check it out <laughs> Jamie was trolling before trolling was cool yeah <laughs> I, just, uh, I, don't, I don't know why I just thought that was the most fun thing god I was boring back then <laughs> <laughs> That was hey. excitement. <laughs> it is funny. I miss Picture of people days, scrambling. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the early days. days. No, I was saying it was exciting because there was no community yet. And it was online. The only thing we had in the past was Fangoria's and reading them and stuff like that and, and seeing letters yeah. from other fans and stuff. So when we discovered that there was a bunch of us out there just like us, then it, that's the excitement of it, the early days of the message boards and everything else. Nothing, oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah, what a great start it was, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, Crystal Lake After Dark was everything to us. It it literally was, it became the thing that the Skeleton Crew community and the Banana Laser community became, and now Exploding Heads and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, ain't it? Wow. <laughs> I remember the first uh, the first time I ran across a forum, I was doing a search for upcoming horror movies. Because I used to go to UHM and just watch trailers and see what was coming up or whatever. And I couldn't remember the name of it one day, and I just popped into the search. It was like upcoming horror films. It took me to horrormovies.ca. And I was like, oh, what uh, is this? And sweet. then... Isn't that where we got all those stupid, uh, what was it, like, the, to- like the topics we talked about? Yeah. <laughs> that was a great site, though. That was why I, I it was, was a great site. Was yeah. That, that's when we had nothing to do on our shows, and we were like, <laughs> people, you know, it's funny, because every show probably comes off as a prepared presentation, but there was definitely a time in 2014 where we... We were kind of coated on fumes in terms of like, at least I I want to speak for anybody else, but as far as like a showrunner, I was definitely coasting on fumes around 14 and stuff, uh, understandably so at that point, but there would be times when we would just say, well, what do you want to do next? And like, we couldn't think of anything. Like by the time we're doing things like body bags or 10 worst horror movies of all times or like... Like when we had the House of Horrors guy on and stuff like that, or uh, there was like a, a weird string. Like when we did the stuff, like that was just so random, I guess. Or, or like when we did um, Popcorn, the movie, and things like that. I thought about that the other day because we watched it. Oh, yeah. And you know what I thought about last night? What was that guy's name? William something? Or Will? Oh, Patterson. Patterson. Last night, because on Fun Friday, we each pick a movie to watch just for fun. And 
So last night my pick was Revenge of the Nerds. Oh god. Uh-huh. Nice. So we watched we watched Revenge of the Nerds and you know of course it gets to the part where they're putting the liquid heat on the jocks and yep. every time I see that now I think about him telling that story and, and I still think does he really think nobody knows what that's from? Like, <laughs> Do you know what he is? This is like the saddest thing ever but do you know who he is in real life? Eric Morse? <laughs> no you ever see the movie Step Brothers? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when the one guy goes for the job interview and he goes, uh, sometimes I like to just finish like math problems on a, on a on a board in a hallway and just walk away and not let anybody know who who figured it out. And the guy's like, uh, are you giving me the the plot to Goodwill Hunting? And he goes, no. <laughs> and he goes, that's Goodwill Hunting, dude. And he goes, no, that's not what I'm doing. And then he goes, and uh, so my best friend is Ben Affleck. <laughs> like that's literally what William Pattinson is doing. Like he's he's telling us something. We're like, yeah, that that's Revenge of the Nerds. Like you maybe go more obscure. <laughs> like, I know. How you think nobody has seen this? <laughs> it's so one of the most popular comedies of all time. <laughs> it's just like I'm like, just gonna reference this and nobody's gonna know. <laughs> I just wish I could be there like a fly in the wall when he was sitting on his couch watching that movie and going, wow, I could do things like, I should have done things like that. <laughs> as far as anyone knows, I did. That's it. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah, you're they, right. Wow. If they did it, then I could have done it. Why not? Um, so, uh. so um, I, I, well, I'll get to some questions. I asked everybody to submit questions um, to us. If they wanted to know anything ever, you know. So, uh, of course, I suck. So, I I try to simplify this. So, I highlighted all the questions and pasted them somewhere else. So, I have no idea who asked them. <laughs> so, sorry, wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> I always do That's something funny. like that. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> what was your favorite year of the Skeleton Crew show? Now, you could pick multiples because I'm sure everyone's going to be biased to ones they were on and things like that. So, um, for, for me, I'll say my favorite three years were 2013, 2015, and 2017. Those were by far the best. Um, 13 is obvious. That's when Jamie came on and we had a whole fresh life and it was just an invigoration that it was like just breathing life into the show and I couldn't have been more on my A game than that. I wasn't even on my A game exactly um, with Texas Chainsaw Retrospective. Like listening back to that, I wasn't exactly impressed with myself like you guys did good. Um, I think I actually got better about three or four shows later maybe or something like that. But like Probably in the psycho thing is when I kind of really took off, and then, then I was like in a better groove. But um, so that was like, the, of course, the magical year. And then fifteen, that's when we went through all the chaos with Dan at the end of fourteen, and <clears throat> went into fifteen. That was supposed to end with a hundred shows, I guess. And then um, Dave came in on in fifteen, and again, it felt like another life. It's almost like the show kept having the host changes when it needed it. Like, almost organically. It, like, reinvent itself. 
Yeah, when it needed it though, when we were kind of running on fumes, it always was that charge. So the only downside to that, and you know, I won't lie, like, yeah, again, there was like a fallout with Mike, but that was just so dumb that it was so out of nowhere too, and there was no buildup to it that I don't even like care, and that really didn't change how I felt about that year. Um, we did all we could for him at that time. Like we even gave him his own little sideshow and everything, everything you could think of to make up for whatever he thought we stole in, in 13. And it wasn't enough. Uh, nothing's ever enough. I don't know. Even being back on the show wasn't enough. I don't know. So, you know, you can only do so much, but in 2015, when Dave was on and Mike was there, it was even funny when Mike kept leaving and he hardly talked, <laughs> so it wasn't like even if I had a bad taste in my mouth with him that it impacted the shows all that much, you know? He wasn't exactly there for a lot of it. Um, so, <clears throat> and, and he was fun when he was on the show. So that was like a great time too. And I think in 2016, I think um, that's when I stopped drinking beer during the show and I started drinking whiskey and I kind of like... I kind of made the shows have a different tempo because of that. And I'm not sure if it, like, hurt the shows listening back and after my editing or anything. But I think, like, in a live situation, I think I kind of maybe wore people out because of that. So I think 2016 may have taken a slight hit due to, to things like that. Um, so then in 17, when Dan came back, I think we... I forgot, like, we, I think, they, Jamie, didn't we kind of know <clears throat> that we were stopping to some degree, maybe even 10 shows before we did? Uh, In 17? That wasn't just, like, a out-of-nowhere thought, right? I honestly, I don't remember. Okay, but either way, we had that charge again, and I felt that 2017, in the, in the sense of the work I think that was if not our best work like in the sense of actually <clears throat> show planning taking notes um formats production things like that like 17 is like uh a underrated season for the skeleton crew um I at least, for some reason, hit like a different level of A game, I guess, for, for me. And I think it's maybe because I was doing Married with Children at the time, and, you know, the new lineup again, and all that kind of stuff. So that year stuck out to me as like, I was really super proud <clears throat> of the work we were doing at that time. Um, with, uh, like the, s some of my favorite shows, like, um, The Faculty versus Deserving Behavior. We did uh, the alien shows at that time. We did, like, the hostile shows at the time. We did a lot of the indie horror movies and things like that. So that was a big year for me, personally. Uh, what about you guys? Well, as a listener, 12 and 13, as being on the show 2015, because it was my first time and coming in, and it was, you know... It, the, the even, the, even leading up to it was nice. The late 90s, I was there a lot. You know, and then uh, and then coming back with 100, and then having Mike there and everything, it was just a lot of fun. The shows we did were a lot of fun. We had some, you know, the Texas Chainsaw 3D show, and uh, the Lovecraft show, 
and uh geez all the stuff we did in that stretch when after 100 was uh was really good so i'd, I'd say those ones yeah good stuff oh the nightmare on elm street was our big thing yes that summer yep and then the creep show tales from the dark side the return of dan then one called Hey Yo. <laughs> we did a show called Hey Yo in uh, wow, July 13th, yeah. 2000. Oh, this is 16. That's weird. Wait, what am I thinking? Okay. Um, we did Nightmare on Elm Street, then just did All Hallows Eve on October 31st. Then 16 started with Creep Show. Okay. Okay. Well, then I should say actually 16. I should say 16, because that's when it, you know. Yeah, because you said I came on at 15, so I'm thinking, but yeah, it was October, so yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll go with 16, just because it was still, there was, a, there was a real good stretch of shows there. Right. How about you, Jamie? Well, 13 was a big deal for me, for obvious reasons, but also because I really loved doing those retros. That seriously was my favorite thing. And then I loved it when Dave was on. When Mike came back, that that whole series of shows feels really weird to me. It feels almost dreamlike. Uh, <laughs> like I, I don't. It just it didn't feel solid. I don't know how to. I don't know how to explain it. But it it just felt just weird. But then when Dan came back, what was that? Seventeen. Uh, sixteen. He did the. You won't believe it till you hear it. Show that was just like a hi, I'm, I'm back, and then he came back. So we did Phantasm. Our last thing together was Phantasm, me, you, and, D- and Dave. <clears throat> then after that, that was it. Then we did the Banana Split, which was my crazy witty idea to say the Banana Laser guy split. He left, <laughs> and the Banana Split. Yeah. Right, right. So, saying the banana split was perfect. Uh, he left in February 2017, so we didn't do anything after um, Phantasm in October. Then 17, he left, and then Dan was back for The Creature in Black Lagoon and Bates Motel, Invisible Man, The C.J. Graham Show, Black Coat's Daughter, Devil's Candy, all that stuff. Yeah, that was a fun time because it felt uh, like reinvigorated. You know, I I think we all had high energy at that time because Dan was back and it was it. it, I don't everyone was just in a really good place. So that was a lot of fun. I would say probably uh, my ultimate favorite would have been 13 just because that's when, you know, I came in and, and we were doing all the things that I loved doing, which were the retros and and it was you know I don't know it was exciting and new and different so yeah that was probably exciting and new let's make no qualms about it 13 was obviously the most important year of the show it was the it was the magical year it was the year that we truly built our audience it was the year that you know all of Jamie's people came into it um it was the year we all got better it was the year we did some of the best content, the most memorable content, um, things like that. Many favorite shows. Now, 14 was a weird year. So we started off with New Year, same stupid show. Then we did the marked ones with Jonathan Orr. 
We did Secret Window. We did the Stephen King retro, which um, I'm, I'll never re- I'll never stop regretting the fact that. So I guess Jamie picked Pet Cemetery, Dan picked Secret Window, and I <clears throat> I picked it from Stephen King. Pet Cemetery was a wild show. I think we did that with uh, uh, that guy. What's his name? Um, Willis Wheeler. Oh, Who was that yeah. for which one? Uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Wow, okay. I remember him being there. I didn't know that was the show he did, though. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but one of my biggest regrets is that when I did Secret Window, I actually, for the first time ever, lost my notes. And Mm. I couldn't remember anything. For some reason, it just was this vague thing. You know, I still haven't seen that movie. Yeah, you weren't on that show. What? No, and I still have never seen the movie. Oh, man, it's a great movie. Yeah, so if you want to hear my most half-assed review, that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, the Stephen King's It was infamous. But Ryan Murphy did a really great job on that. Um, and I still, although it is what it was, I, I've I've actually, whenever I've been in the mood to watch it, um... I'd, I'd try to listen to other podcasts about it or whatever, and if I don't like them or whatever, I would just put that one on. Because I, I enjoyed the conversation so much with Ryan, so I would just listen to that sometimes. And it really still is an enjoyable episode of our show. Um, so in 14, then we started, then we did the Scream retrospective, which is what it was, but it has that video commentary. Scream 3, which I finally heard again for the first time since it happened. I never ever revisited that despite the iconic puking because you know that i just i could play that on every show well you also <laughs> you slept you were sleeping right That's can right. you believe that <laughs> i oh, was the one trying to keep shit together <laughs> <laughs> i literally fell asleep man i should uh, listen to that thing i never ever do it and dan's puking i was I was trying so You're hard. You're like, to aye, aye, aye. Fails, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was wild. And then we did, like, Camp Dread. But that, but then we got creative, though. I'll say that. Like, we did the Camp Dread thing where we made believe we were, like, living out a movie and I was doing all the sound effects and everything. Remember that? We acted like we were going to kill the kill somebody. I guess Ms. Voorhees. And then we were going to go forward with it. But then when we got the second treatment, we just weren't into it at all. And then we just decided to bail on it. And that was a shame because I always loved doing skits. That was that was a really fun thing. I loved doing skits and I loved the bit where we would do lines from movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, we did Friday yeah. Six. I was like, iron this bitch. <laughs> and then, and then um, one of my favorite skits, probably the most underrated and best performed skits we ever did, is... Um, Alex drinks the Kool-Aid where we made believe that I was having you guys drink Kool-Aid. Did we, is that when we did the sacrament? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I remember that show only because I tore that movie apart. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both sister. <laughs> so listen to this. this. This is it. This is probably one of my favorite things that we've ever done. Um, 
you know, like we wanted to do different things and, and kind of put a new spin on this whole horror podcast thing and go new directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was going well. Yeah, well, guess who doesn't like that? Who? The fucking government, bro. <laughs> and uh, shit just hit the fan. Oh, shit. You remember what I was talking to you guys about that might happen a couple months back? Yep. Yeah, but I thought you were just being paranoid. No. They're coming. And uh, they know where the dungeon is. And uh, we're fucked. I mean, there's there's no way out of this. Um, Can we run? We can't, we can't start a new show under another name, anything. They know who we are. Oh, sweet, dude. You brought Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what's the other thing I was going to tell you about. This shit's good. Oh, and Jamie's the purple stuff. Uh, (laughs) Well, I was going to prepare you for uh, the next two minutes of your life, but... uh, Oh, what are you talking about? uh, (laughs) One last toast? Uh, (laughs) Wait, hold on. Let's just let this pass. Uh, no, he's, he's not going to respond. Um, Dan's uh, dead, Jamie. Uh, well, what, what I was going to tell you guys, I uh, the government's coming. They're going to come in and, and basically put this place down, and, and they're going to shoot us. Shoot us? Yeah. They don't want us talking anymore. They're, they said we're poisoning the minds of all horror fans out there, and anybody who listens to this show is just... Uh, they don't like our message. Oh, I don't know. What are we going to do? Well, there's only one option, Jamie. We we have to take our own lives, and uh, we're going to go to a better place. But we cannot let them take our lives from us. We got to drink the Kool-Aid? Yeah. Well, the only reason there's only one cup... I mean, no, there was two cups. I'm... Somewhere in here, but yeah, just take that one there. Okay, but I love you. I love you too. Here, just... Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, oh, well, I guess I should have told you that's the reason Dan was twitching. That's cyanide. Ah! So it's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's all I had. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Stop looking at me. I feel guilty. Turn around. Turn around. <laughs> Hello? Jamie? Hmm. Well, yeah. So, uh, anybody, if, if anybody finds this tape and hears this, uh, there's a skeleton crew signing out for the last time, man. I mean, uh, the government came down and we just can't do this anymore and no one's going to take my life. So, uh, uh, we're all, we all took it ourselves. So, that's it. Later. <laughs> That's great, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love how I had to shoot myself twice to kill myself. <laughs> did uh, did Dan recreate that puke, or did you? Did you? No, I just put cut it in. in. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's I was like, that's remarkable how much it sounds the same, but I guess. <laughs> you know what it sounds like when he's puking? I just realized it today. Of all days, it sounds like he's saying, hey, yo, but he's puking. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm telling you. It goes, hey, oh, I thought he was. <laughs> I always thought he was saying, hey, Rob, are you there? A <laughs> rock? A bear? A bear, yes. We were just talking about it last night. We watched the shitty slasher, too, and had a blast. Home sweet home. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was. That was just magical to me. Like, that's the stuff I love. Like, it doesn't even have to be a major production. Just something small like that. Yeah, you gave me a cup of cyanide-laced Kool-Aid, and I told you I loved you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love you too, Jamie. I, I gotta say, our acting was really good in that. <laughs> I always... Turn around. Don't die in front of me, you know? Yeah, I was like, stop, stop looking at me. Turn around. <laughs> She's, like, choking and looking at me. <laughs> You know, as I was listening, and you said, hello, uh, Jamie, I was expecting it. In my head, I heard a, hi, uh, Mr. Bill, right after that. <laughs> That's what I pictured in my head. <laughs> That's you should have put that in. Huh? Hi, Mr. Bill, and then he died. Uh, hi, Mr. Bill. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 14 had its had its great moments, for sure. Um, and I'm not even totally, I'm not against 14 or anything. It had definitely moments, but, you know, it was that thing where... It was slowly becoming a little chaotic and tough. And Jamie was, uh, you know, I, one of the things they ask us to do is say nice things, or not say nice things, just uh, what are our favorite things about each other as hosts. I guess I'll use 2014 to segue into that and say that Jamie was so dedicated and uh, easygoing and she had a high tolerance for craziness like sometimes I I really thought I'd just get the phone call I was just dreading it every day that one day she'd go listen I'm sorry I can't fucking do this anymore I I, I gotta leave and I'd be like well listen I'm, I, and she's like no it's it's endless <laughs> and I cannot do this like and, and the endlessness, it wasn't infighting or anything. It was just this, like, schedule conflict that went on for most of 14. And I'll, ju- I'll just leave it at that. Schedule conflict. You, you could say whatever the causes were or whatever. The point is, most of our problems and the reason it ended even in 17, um, <clears throat> or no, uh, 2020, I mean, was uh, scheduling conflicts again. Now, what what led to that is whatever. I'm not getting into that, but that's basically the the fallout stuff. And even I guess it started even with Mike in, in a weird way, like <clears throat> that. But then he he became very difficult in 2012. Like he would even refuse certain things and say, "I'm not doing this. Well, I won't go to that. I won't do that." It was like a very weird thing. I'm sure I got into it way back when. I don't even remember anymore. You got to remember that was like nine years ago i really don't remember fights like that well but um so yeah it was it was scheduling but just a lot of times i can't believe that she kept sticking with it so that's some of the favorite and (laughs) things of what i really needed from jamie thank god that to keep this going um but other than that um jamie uh just sweet down for anything uh she classes up the show she's passionate she has dedication punctuality uh became a great friend easy to talk to right from the beginning um she it was was effortless in building up the friendship 
it it didn't it wasn't like god i can't get fucking through to her this is like impossible i i don't know i try to talk to her and it's like i don't know like it never was that it was always easy and instant back and forth and no awkward period um <clears throat> smart funny uh things like that and uh like the probably the best personality you could ask for in in doing a podcast like i for for all the people that did not work out with me for various reasons and i i always think it's it's not me like i always feel like all i'm ever doing is saying let's just get on and and do this and we all know we're going to do it anyway i'm not saying anything that we're not doing and then something will come up and i feel like i never brought them up but then i had to deal with them <clears throat> but at the same time that that's just me cuz it's me i could have been doing something I, i'm unaware of that might be something that other people talk about when they get off like oh god can you believe he did this or that whatever like i'm sure i did and i i could even think of a few things where i did some questionable stuff but like there's a, that was just bad decision making or whatever but nothing like it was ever a constant or anything like that so jamie if if you're looking for somebody who will give you no drama i mean she's the person <laughs> so for so for all i've had to kind of endure trying to get this stuff done she is like the one constant that made 50% of it great at least you know so oh that's so sweet yeah no thank you for being who you are and shacking up with me and sticking through it all i mean god it must have been <clears throat> i guess it was so great when it was great and the bad times were so far and few between but, the, you know, there was always that build-up, schedule-wise. Like, there's always a blips along the way of, like, oh, God, well, I guess we wasted our time getting on today. Yeah, but it never... It it never bothered me. Because it, even if we ended up waiting for, you know, an hour and then just finally calling it, you know, we just... We were just hanging out. And, I mean, from the very beginning... I felt a connection to you. Like we still to this day talk to each other on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's um this past Christmas Eve Alex called and and Brian and I were watching Black Christmas and because we watch Black Christmas every Christmas Eve and Alex left a message and he's just like, "Hey, uh, you know, I was just calling you cuz it's Christmas Eve. You know, you guys are probably watching Black Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> And then I picked up my phone and I, cause while we were watching the movie, I thought, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't talked to Alex yet. So I picked up my phone and I saw that you called and I was like, oh, he called. So I had to stop the movie and talk to you. Cause that's tradition. Like we <laughs> talk to each other every Christmas Eve and that's been from the very beginning. You know? I think once I didn't do it because I felt, oh, I don't want to keep bothering her. <laughs> cause you know, it was just, it's the kind of thing where like <clears throat> almost the kind of thing where like a company throws a Christmas party or something like not that I did it in that way but to me it was like the times when um when you don't talk about the show and you just get together it's 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 like work when a work throws a Christmas party and then you hang out with your coworkers on on the a friend level so <clears throat> i guess that's how i associated things like that so during that time i i wanted to do the friend thing <clears throat> and not do any show stuff and just 
talk to Jamie and it's Christmas and you know whatever. So I did that, and then like I think I did it twice, and then one year I didn't. And I I think I thought to myself, well, I don't want to bother her every single Christmas Eve. And then she actually said something about me not doing, and I was like, oh, good, so you're okay with that. And then from there, it's been good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, you didn't you didn't call me on Christmas Eve. It's <laughs> a, I'm a, I'm very big on tradition, and so when I start doing stuff and it and I consider it tradition, then it's. It's like, oh, no, that's my, and it doesn't feel complete, you know, even right. if it's just like a minute, you know, it just, it doesn't feel complete if I don't talk to you. But as far as like, I, I don't know, I never got bothered by anything. I just always loved doing the show. So any opportunity to do the show, I was excited about. And I never wanted to be the reason that you were stressed out or that things didn't happen. You know, I always, it's the same. I was just talking about on Exploding Heads about how I never miss work. You know, I just, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't call off work. I don't call off podcasts, you know, it's unless there's, you know, a, some serious legitimate thing going on, but it was, um, it was my responsibility to be there when I was supposed to be there and do what I was supposed to do. And that's just how I looked at it, but it was never a chore. I wanted to, and I was excited about it, you know? So I eventually began to see things like that as, well, what do you expect? It's almost like maybe it's too good. And you know, they'd say you have to take the good with the bad with the good or whatever. Like, Things can't be that good all the time. There's got to be, th- like, a catch or whatever. So, I guess for us, the catch was scheduling. That was the skeleton crew catch. Because other than that, we didn't have personal problems with each other that I was aware of anyway. Like, you know, we didn't finish shows, and I wouldn't get texts from Dan and Jamie or from Dave complaining about the other person or saying what the fuck are we going to do this now like what is this person doing or blah, blah, blah. like we had no problems as far as that type of thing it was just really scheduling so um my favorite things about dave um he's just a good guy always down for a good time he's effortless to jive with um great sensibilities very along the lines of mine. He has a gift of gab, uh, although he said he didn't just earlier. <laughs> he's uh, he's brutally honest with his feelings. Like if he has something on on his chest, it it will eventually come out in some way or another, <laughs> like on the show or whatever. And he just gets it out there, and for the better, I think. You know, he doesn't like to keep things bottled up and stuff, and I think that's. That's what I do, and I think that led to a lot of downfalls, like me not saying things along the way and keeping, just saying, okay, don't be that guy, calm down, and let it pass, and don't say anything. And I think that eventually gets me in more trouble, because then I, I've, it eventually, something always makes it fall from, from the bottom, you know. Uh, he loves to laugh, he, he has dedication and passion, like like you've never really seen and total professionalism like no matter what may have went on before a show started as soon as the mic turned on 
Uh, I think that's one thing both him and I share. Like, <clears throat> no matter what we may have thought about anything the day earlier or whatever, once the mic was on, we are able to talk to everybody as if nothing's wrong. Yeah, that's good. That's fun. It's it's a good thing we have. You know, thank you. <laughs> it's amazing professionalism. So, yeah, just... Uh, and, and your enthusiasm made me like doing this more and made me want to do more and, and would definitely have you on and, and definitely join you on Banana Laser and all that. And um, even your whole thing, like, when I was retiring, how for whatever reason, I'll still never understand the whole thing, <laughs> but you didn't you didn't want me to go some, some way or somewhere, so you, want, you had me go on Banana Laser and... Um, yeah, that was just like, and then you know we had all these magical shows there, and uh, yeah, just you're you're a big part of of everything for me. Um, and then then you went on to show me how to do it right. Like I was just kind of doing it my way, and then you did it in all the right ways by actually doing what it takes to build a true audience, not just relying on um, a message board like I did, really, essentially, and Facebook um, pages for horror bid and stuff like that that's kind of all i really relied on as far as getting my show out there uh so yeah you're you're a big uh inspiration you're someone to learn from you're you 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 learn from this and then expand it on it which is great so you're saying i'm just a simple guy (laughs) 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 yeah pretty much dave's enthusiasm and the fact that he has such a good sense of humor about himself um, and it never takes anything personally, just rolls with everything and is so laid back. That is such a good characteristic and one that a lot of people seem to have lost <laughs> these days. So I always appreciate that. And uh, honestly, I mean, he's a true hippie, which I love. And thanks. Just uh, he's Chuck. To- for everyone he doesn't ever say anything bad about anyone or you know have any like hate. i mean in it if he does like you know like say the the videotape collecting people or whatever it's in jest you know it's just it's just to have a good time you know <laughs> and um it's, uh that's that's chill like i just i love it you know and always down to do whatever and just always happy to be around and a lot of fun to be around. You know, I still enjoy any moment I get to spend with Dave. Um, and of course, you know, we had our show together for a long time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, now it's like a treat whenever I get to spend time with Dave or with you. Like it's, it, which is one reason I love doing stuff like this because it's, you know, or like when we did scream or, um, when we did Texas Chainsaw, like it just that it's like going home, you know, so it's so fun. And Dave is just I mean, if that's why I am very protective of Dave. I don't know if you even know this, Dave, but I am (laughs) I am I'm almost bulldogish when it comes to to you. And if if I have ever if anybody ever stepped out of line or said anything negative i just i leap on it because it's like if you have anything negative to say about dave you don't know dave 
Like, you clearly don't know him because you're genuinely one of the nicest people ever. And just a pure soul. And, you know, so, yeah. And I love that about you. I've loved that about you from the beginning. (sighs) Wow. Um... (laughs) I can't respond to you guys on on a personal level because I'm, I'll be too mushy about it. But I'll, I'll say this: I'll, I'll, as far as personal levels are concerned, I don't have a lot of friends. But of the friends I do have, ninety percent of them, I would consider great friends. So what I make up for an amount, you know, I the people that I'm close with, they're you know. They know that I'm close to them. They know that I love them, and that's you two, obviously. And uh, you know, so thank you for all all the nice things. I'm. You guys know this about me, probably that I'm uncomfortable when people say nice things about me. So. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I should have went on and on. No, it's it's no, it still feels good, but at the same time, it, it's it's equal, it's hard to explain. I don't know why I've always been that way, but I'm like bashful about getting complimented about shit. So. Um, but yeah, on a personal level, they know. I mean, you guys know. I, I I can't say, you know, enough great things. But also, as far as being on the mic and doing the show, see, Alex, because I've known you for so long, and I know you're going to have the lead. Every time I come on the show, I said before, I'm always excited, but I'm also probably more relaxed here than anywhere else at the same time, if, if that makes any sense. Uh, a, a relaxed excitement. Nowadays, because <laughs> I'm more relaxed on the mic, where before I wasn't. So, And we've known each other so long, so it's just like, like Jamie said, it's like coming home. You know, anytime it's with you two, that's how it is. But Alex, you always know when he's the host. He's going to take the lead. I could sit back and just have something to say when he comes to me, because he's just... He's he's out there running the show. He's like the the center on the freaking basketball court, you know, setting <laughs> setting things up and setting up a pick over here and this and that and a pass and who's gonna take the shot, the whole thing. So it's like, you know, yeah, and it, it's so so freaking quick on your toes. It's it's ridiculous. I could never aspire to do that. And of course, both of you. Um, just influences as far as you know personalities uh, on the show, you know. And like I said, Alex is always there with the the, the right the right wisecracks, <laughs> so quick on your feet, all that stuff. You you know how to pace things right. You know when something's gone on too far or something isn't hasn't gone on long enough, and you you, you prompt your um you know your guests when they're on here to always stay engaged so i mean that's that's a talent to have i could never do that even as the host of eh i'm i'm the host proper i mean i come on i deliver my thing i see the thing at the end but once once it's over for the most part maybe 15 percent of the time i consider myself regulating the conversation or what's going on so and jamie i mean i remember the first time i heard jamie on the show it was uh mama can be so sinister that was the it was your latest show that you guys had put out and I listened to the Friday retros, and after that, you said, okay, now that you've heard that, listen, listen to our latest show. And I did, and I heard Jamie, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, who is this chick, you know? <laughs> and that's what hmm. I thought, I gotta, I gotta be honest. And I was like, wow, who's this? You know, this is, she She knows her horror and everything else, and she she has a great personality, and she's, you know, also with, with a sense of humor and an intelligence, which it's really hard to get the whole package with, with anybody, you know, and... It's kind of like like Jamie is, and it's her compassion. It's her compassion that's in, and, and her passion as well. 
that that just reflect through when she's talking and yeah i mean you guys to me are always going to be like you know big inspirations on the mic and stuff like that and as far as the personal stuff that i don't even have to say anything you got you guys know i love you and that's all there is to it and and thank you for this whole experience honestly thanks man wow yeah and jamie i listen to every show <laughs> every show she's been on since since the, the beginning every show she's done not just skeleton crew anything if jamie's on it it's an automatic okay gotta listen oh that goes for you too alex but you haven't had as many shows as jamie so <laughs> no, it's easier to go through mine <laughs> right <laughs> so oh well thanks jamie oh, you're welcome of course you know, still to this day, uh, when a new exploding heads drops, I stop what I'm doing. Oh man! Awesome. You know, whatever I'm listening to gets bumped back. Gets bumped back until I listen to exploding heads, and then I resume. No, I I love all the shows I listen to. It's just that, that you know, you and I have such a history and everything, and I always get excited to see what you guys are going to talk about, and and. I don't know. It's exciting. So whenever exploding heads drops, there I am. I'm listening. <laughs> Thank you. See, that's great coming from you. That's what I'm saying. Anything you two, you know what I mean? Because like I said, you're like legends in the game. You know what I mean? For me. So it's like, it's always there. I'm always going to, you know, there's always going to be a little fanboying out for the for the Skeleton Crew stuff, you know? So it's the way it is. It's the, it's the only show that I'm like that with. Yeah, you too. If, if no one's on Dave's... Uh patreon exclusives get on it i'm sure everybody all your people know about that by now but <laughs> it's not like i'm saying anything new but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not even talking about it online anymore like i said six months <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't promoted one damn thing yeah <laughs> and life great. is good yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i definitely recommend the most recent episode yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure you do seriously one of my favorite episodes, and I'm not just saying that because we're here now. The other day, I was gonna text it to you and, and say that, and, and I forgot you because I was just listened to it yesterday, actually, and then I got caught up in something. But I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, uh, I mean, the, the, the normal stuff we do with Brandon is great, and it's its own thing. But easily, the first time when Brandon wasn't on a show, when when anyone else came in, it's my favorite one of all of those. And we've done, you know, we've done a, a few now." So, so much fun. Yeah, I'm telling you, it ran long. We were talking about this, that, and everything, and a lot of everything, and just right. So much fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I was terrified because I have a habit, and people out there listening know this. I have a habit of running my mouth, and no. I'll just once you get me, <laughs> once you get me going, I just go and go and go and go and go. So I'm always nervous to listen back to shows that I've done because I'm like, oh my god, am I just going to be running all over the place? But I actually thought that it was a really fun, balanced conversation. You know, I know Christian said he yeah. felt like he talked a lot, but I don't think he did. I think, you know, it was uh, we were all over the place. We were talking about everything. We were talking about mm -hmm. collecting. We were, I mean, just everything. And I, it was just a really fun laid back conversation you know and then we talked about the movies and i thought that those discussions were good as well so yeah it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed yeah. it yeah yeah we're definitely gonna have to do that again alex you're gonna have to to do it too. yeah i gotta make another you appearance know? yeah absolutely but yeah oh, a lot, that a lot was of fun. yeah i loved it when you were on exploding heads too that was really exciting for me to hear you guys together oh thanks yeah 
yeah, it was great. It's <laughs> like I used to listen to Banana Laser, you know. <laughs> yeah. And hi, Matt. I know he's out there. I know Matt was out. Yeah, he is listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure he'll listen to this one. Yeah. And he, Matt, I was come actually back wearing his show. shirt the other day, the Skeleton Crew shirt that he made. Uh, and I joined. Oh, the, the lady show. with the axe. Yeah. yeah. And nice. Uh, yeah, I miss him. He was talk about dedication and time spent. I mean, just remember all the stuff that he used to do for the show before Banana Laser was a thing. He used to just contribute so much to the skeleton crew. And always he always had such a great voice. I always like I was Yeah, like, he has a radio voice. Yeah. Yep. Okay, while we're talking about people, uh one of the the first questions um were who are your favorite guests on the episodes through the years. Well, as far as famous people go, you know who was my favorite. Oh, yeah. R.R. He's coming... He's been posting recently that... Uh, I remember when he was on the show, he said he was going to do Black Asylum and stuff. I don't know if Robert Russler ever actually got to that, but I know um, he's been posting things as if he's working again in some capacity. Well, he was in that movie last year. Yeah, he was in um, Jacob's oh, Barber. Wife. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember the the uh, Barbara Crampton vampire movie. Yep. Yeah. Well, as far as like friends go, like <clears throat> Jonathan Orr, that was fun having him on. Uh, Jerry Vitetta became a really good friend of mine. Um, I remember we talked about Curse of Chucky with him, I believe. Um, Cody Robinson is such a great guy. He's a diehard. He's still very supportive. Uh, I mean, I, Brian made a post the other day, and uh, like on his feed, and Cody came in and was very supportive to him. So his his support has sort of extended past, you know, skeleton crew and into other things. And I I love that he's still there. I love he's around. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great. He um, yeah, he's on the Rabbit Red Network. He's on the show too. It, 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 I believe it's him and Mike. But I, 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 there was something he told me to listen to one time. Uh, it was like Father Mahoney's uh, house. <laughs> See on that? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Speaking of what do you call it? We were just talking about the the what do you call it? The um the Kool Aid episode, and that's when we had our thing, the tale of the two fathers. <laughs> Comes back, yeah. That's one example where, like when. When Jamie was saying that Dave never has a problem with anybody, and then she kind of laughed because she said, well, not including, like, you know, whatever. It so, was always in to me, Every time I did have a beef online, I will say that about myself. I never got into an argument over a movie or, or instigated shit for no reason. Anytime I did something, it's because, see, again, I don't care about me. I care about my loved ones. But they were fucking with Alex, and he was asleep. And I saw this, so I came guns blazing. And then... Another thing I had online, I mean, the stuff that happened with What's-His-Name was just uh, the stuff that all of us got involved with, the Mahoney thing and... The Scott Montgomery. Tough shit. Yeah. Him and Darnell. Now, I'll say this, though. Listen, you could call those drama if you want, but to me, that was just fun. Yeah, like... I mean, it... They, yeah, Yeah, I mean, it started with something real, but it just became just became a bit 
you know? Which is fun. It's fun to create bits. So something presents itself in your life, and it's public. People saw that we were having these arguments with people online about the Halloween thing with Darnell and everything. They, anything that took place, it was public viewing. People saw it, so it wasn't like, you know, so like, well, why not take this thing that's going on right now? It's horror-related. We're on a horror podcast. Why not talk about it on the show a little bit? And then, then people get in on it, and it's actually fun. Yes. Right. <laughs> Like it's 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 fun and exciting like to have these things. Like, do you really think there's a real serious uh, thing to Scott Montgomery? Like, we're talking about it. We're complaining about a guy who adds us to forty-seven groups in a day. Like, that's not drama. That's just funny. Right. Um. We're we're talking about Darnell because we got thrown off of a a group because I compared why is it why is Norman Bates not a mama's boy but Jason is and I like that's just stupid and it's dumb and this guy's talking about Michael Myers eating pumpkin pie like this isn't trauma right you know and the the Mahoney thing I get thrown off of a group or whatever happened <laughs> to me because I posted which by the way is a funny meme to this day oh yeah that's hilarious it sure is I, I can't believe he didn't realize that my joke was because the point was I don't spe- I don't plan to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair. So your life is going to last about two more hours. So unless you plan on walking, I have news for you. <laughs> you will spend it in a wheelchair. You know, like that's that's the joke. It's and I don't regret that or anything. I would still make that today cuz I'm not making fun of people in wheelchairs. It's clearly the time he has left on earth that I'm making fun of. Holy shit, dude. I just realized it. It's not me. I just figured this out. When there was a fight, it was uh what do you call it? You got thrown out. You got assaulted because of what do you call it? The, the wheelchair thing. Mm. So I came to your right. defense there. Then the Darnell thing, you got kicked off the board and there was a fight started. So then I came in and I started shit. So really, I just fight your battles for you. It's not even me. It's just you. <laughs> because you're not around at the right time. I fucking fight. That's what it's. See, that's how I am. I fight well, for I right. Well, I mean, that even the last <laughs> big even the last big blowout that you had yes. right, was the exact yes. same thing it was Again. the exact same thing <laughs> but you times, know i've got three times i've got nailed for it <laughs> i've gotten nailed for coming to the defense of you and watson you know but oh yeah but uh you know fuck that noise man don't go after my boys <laughs> right oh well i got the last rift with Mike, things were actually good with me and Michael J. In 2020, like, no, uh, yeah, was... 21 even, right? Yeah, like even the show. early of 21. You did a show with him even. <laughs> right, right. And then Dave says something that people took as misogynistic or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was some weird drama it was on Facebook. Is and then, what it was. Right. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden... You see Mike post, I don't know what's going on with those guys over there, but blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden I look and I'm, I'm deleted from, I'm, I'm like not on his Facebook anymore. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I was like, what does what Dave, he, him doing completely on his own have to do with me? And like me and Dave weren't even doing a show together at the time. We had no out. I think it's because the genesis of that was Dave. Dave was being protective of you and then yep. <laughs> even though his thing went off in its own direction 
it still started with him being protective of you, and then yes, oh, somebody was angry. Yeah, you remember because somebody was angered that you put out a show, and and they weren't included, and so then they then they weighed in on it, and then I and then I, you I, said something in response that yeah. that got them riled I'm up. The other oh, okay. side of the story because I heard it from you too. So I said something, and I'm like, well. That, you know, that's not exactly true. That's really un, unfair for you to say about this person. And then that was it. And then, you know, we, one thing led to another and shit got thrown around. And it was the last time I've had a disagreement like that in my life. That, 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 yeah. So all your drama in your life revolves around me starting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not necessarily starting it. You just exactly. have a part. You just have, uh, right. You know, but, but it's always been you. <laughs> It's all right, though. I'm fixed now. Nobody freaking people can say anything they want to me anywhere. I'm, I'm off now, but still, it's been tested over the last since that big argument. I've been tested a couple times online with a couple different people, and I never do shit. Even the VHS thing, Christian. You know what Christian did? Christian was pulling a, a, a you. Pardon me. He was pulling a me. What I do to you? I, yeah, because I was yeah. involved. I was being messed with. I was involved, but I wasn't starting shit. People started messing with me because I don't do the argument or any of that shit. He saw he didn't like the way they were treating me. So he fucking started getting involved and making these videos and shit. Um, No, I had to stop myself from going ham. There was that. um, that, Do you remember when that guy tweeted about you calling you racist? And racist. Yeah. And he said. (laughs) Do they know his wife is black? Well, that's the thing is they were like, yeah, he's always (laughs) talking about how he's married to a black woman. But that's a power situation. And, oh, for Christ's sakes. And I was like, what the fuck? You don't know him at all, clearly. But I I like I had to stop myself because I was serious I was going in and then I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> wow. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which to me, honestly, I think that's insulting to the woman in that relationship. You know, mm-hmm. that is you that's insulting as hell. And I don't know if I if I were the woman in that situation, I'd be pissed. But anyway, uh, yeah. But people well, them, them even thinking it's a power situation, I think that's racist. Yes, it is. Well, yeah. If you see in color, if you that's the problem. See, you you see separation. If if you don't feel that way, like me, I I, I don't believe in any separation. I believe in one world, one love, the whole nine. You know what I mean? All of us as one, the human race, not this race and that race. So one world, you know, one love. <laughs> Let's carry each other. Oh, that too. Oh, and that's you. You carry me in all my fights. One, nice. So I don't know what I was gonna <laughs> say, but something about. Oh, sorry. Oh no! I don't, are you kidding me? That that's what it's all about, though. It's just like if so, they're the ones that are saying, oh. Because I'm saying that she is a, a, a Latina and you're a Caucasian, I see something here that's that's there. I, I see it there. Meanwhile, if you are involved with one or you feel like someone like I would or, or Alex, you don't have racist in you because you don't view her as a Latina. You just view her as whatever, your, your wife. That's it. You don't look at it that way. At least I know for a fact that I don't, that everything's one. So if you're the one that's saying – some a wise person once said that race only matters to racists, and uh, I don't know. I think because of because of my proclivity, and and yours too, I imagine. Like I see race, but in a good way. <laughs> like well, obviously, like, what your eyes see are what they see. Of course, you know that people look different. 
Uh, yeah, I get that. I yeah, I'm attracted to those characteristics of of that type of person. So I I see race, but um, in terms of like how is it ever an issue? No. You know what I mean? Like, would I not be friends with somebody based on a race? Would I not give somebody something or help somebody because of race? No. Do I like someone more physically if they are a certain race? Yes. But what yeah. am I supposed to do? Lie about it? That's that is what it is. That's what you like. That that's fine. It's like when I say I see race. Okay, I'll say this. I see race, but I don't use it as a for inclusions or exclusions for anything in my life. It's just all people. Here we are. Obviously, I know they're different. Obviously, there are certain characteristics on, on different. I get that. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's just what you like. Hey, what do you think? Of, what do you think of the new Catwoman? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'd like to because I know who it is. <laughs> uh, I think she's like half black, though, right? Isn't it like Lenny Kravitz Jewish it's, or something? Yeah, yeah, she's she's uh, they're mixed. She's let's see, she's like three quarters. Yeah, she's yeah, and that's why she looks so great because wow, uh, what a mix, man! Oh well, that's that's usually a great mix, you know. I, that, that, that's what I say, but that's you know. My opinion. I have a daughter that's mixed, so I mean, I'm gonna have that too. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Boneheads. Matthew Perigo speaking. Just a little quick thank you for the years of bringing the best podcast show on earth. I don't know if this is really the last time, like that never happened. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, it's always great to hear uh, Alex, Jamie, and Dave together um, on the same show. Or whatever the lineup uh, that has been uh, the crew for the uh, along the years. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for your time and dedication, crew for life. Take care. Thank you, Matt, for that voice message. You're the man, dude. Thank you for listening all this time. I'm glad you jive with the show. I'm glad it's for you. I guess we have the same sensibilities. Thanks for sticking around for so long. Through all the lineup changes, like you mentioned, checking out Bare Bones, that little project I uh, launched late last year. People like you are the reason that anything was ever worth doing, ultimately. And those people are rare. But um, speaking of those rare, good people we've met along the way and that were on our show, um, we had a great time with Jerry Herring towards the end of the Skeleton Crew um, before we. Uh, I guess semi-retired in 2017. He came on for a lot of things. One of the best shows with him was the 90s show. Where we did... Uh, I loved J- The Black Cat. Oh, that was so great. I loved um, those things. I hope you guys have your list for favorite... Each host's personal favorite show. Of course, I couldn't pick one. I have like 10. <laughs> but I'll get through them quick. But... um yeah, uh, that that was great. I loved all those class. I even loved revisiting um, the classic thing we went through, but with him, when we did the House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula. Remember that one? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we ripped that shit to pieces. And it was great. Again, I said Ryan Murphy was great, and Duncan McLeish, let's not ever forget him. He was a huge, huge part of, I believe, 2014 of our show was his little stint and one guy that um always his support meant so much and i loved 
when he was on for our Abbott and Costello Meet the Skeleton Crew show is Ryan Lewis from Grave Shift Radio, which yep. I think unfortunately is over with. If you go on their Facebook page, I think the last update was like 2016, so that's sad. But uh, yeah, he was such a great guy. He had such a voice. Um, he was just a good person. He'll always be famous on our show for, uh, well, I think it's mostly online, but I think I brought it to our show a little bit where he said he would absolutely uh, still make love to a woman on her period. Yeah. Yay. I would, of course, I would too. Oh. Well, where was, where was, oh, yeah, you guys talked about it on that show. I just listened to that last week. You guys did your Texas Chainsaw talk, and during it, the subject came up, and I forgot why, but we, the Beware for Bears came up and everything else. So you were talking about that, and the way Alex was talking about it, it sounded like it was something completely like that nobody else does it. And I don't know. I've done it with <laughs> several several women. <laughs> well, where were oh, you, no. Dave, when I was trying to defend that? Oh, yeah. I've, I've done <laughs> it with multiple females. I've done it. You have? Oh, yeah. Deal. I think I did one. it with two, but... You try to be at the very beginning of the very end, of course, in the spotting phase, if you will. That's the best way to do it. But, uh, you know, I've been I've been into like the day, day two and a half or something and had a couple. But I didn't care. I'm just so happy to be there, man. I'm just <laughs> especially with these situations. Well, back then it was it was all about what do you call it for me, too? It's the excitement of multiple partners. It was just I don't even. Wow. Get... You had a threesome with girls on their period. Uh, no, I didn't do that. No, 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 no. Oh. I didn't do that. Uh, that, that those, those were two separate, separate incidences. Oh, oh. So there, but there was different girls. I, I would probably say in my life, probably, I don't know, four for sure. For sure. Oh, no. Maybe six. Maybe six for sure, if I really think about it. Was one of them Kelly Stafford? Oh, I wish, man. <laughs> <laughs> I even had a one-night stand with a, with a, a girl on her period. <laughs> That's why there was no other choice but to do it. There, it was, it was, a, it, was an, it was something that presented itself all of a sudden. It's spontaneity. It's the best type of sex, you know what I mean? So they, they proposed, and I was like, "Well," she's like, "I don't know." And then she told me, "I said, ah, we'll work around it." And we did, and it was a great night. So, Ugh. gross. I know, dude. I'm sick. I was laying in bed last night, going to bed, and I was thinking, man, if I had the choice, if I it was presented to me right now that the rest of my life would only be me doing every single time I had a sexual encounter on repetitiously until the last time I had sex and then did it again and did it again, that would be enough for me for eternal happiness. Wow. Yeah, and I thought about it till last night. Just think about it. Every single time you did something sexual, even, you know, something that you regretted. At the, at the, at the time, you didn't regret it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be there. You know? Of course, it's for... for for different people and, and especially females I, I can realize that but for me I wish I could just live that as my life <laughs> okay wait wait let's well here I'll, I'll be the host you you depend on me to be and I'll get out of this because I do not want to go down this road again but it was really great I think we should again one day okay um oh we can talk about sex though so somebody asked us let's talk about sex <laughs> hottest chick in horror past or present for me, Barbara Crampton, past and present. I that woman is fucking gorgeous. For me, it's Vera Sanchez, Friday Three, J Lo in the Cell, Sama Hayek and Dustal Dawn, Penelope Cruz and Gothica, and Monica Kina and Freddie vs Jason. Wow, 
wow, I wish that's this is the one question I actually wish I would look because uh, I told them I don't look at the uh, I like to face them as they come to me. But that this is one I, I wish I would have researched because if you're talking about who I think is there is one movie that she was, but then oh, he said Vera, so she was only in one movie. Yeah. I would have to say that uh, <laughs> Black Swan, um, Mila Kunis, to me in that role is the most attractive female I've ever seen on any film. So I think that she is. Oh yeah, she looks good. Now I just watched the movie. Tiffany's been watching these um, Bad Moms or something movies, and she's in oh, those. Oh yeah. Those are great. So, another one. What was the most embarrassing moment on the show for all of you? I can't think of any. No. it's For me, it's just things peppered out, like statements or opinions that I cringe about now, how far I went with a joke, how snarky or grumpy I was on a few shows, or just like extreme opinions where I was too hard on stuff. Like, that is the only thing I would like, just cringe but it totally embarrassed? No, I, I don't think anything has ever got me to feel that way. Embarrassed? Um, maybe, maybe some of the stuff that I said on the uh, on, on the sex show, possibly. I don't know. You know, I might have said things that I let let slip and then said maybe I shouldn't have felt so strongly at the time. I don't know. I have to... I know I it has happened. I'll tell you that. I can say I have felt embarrassed after a show or after I've said something on a show more than one time in my life I just can't pull out the instances right now but right. you know but it does happen it definitely does happen it's, but because but that's because I'm amped I'm amped to 11 I mean that, that goes back to the question we had before about um, how do you feel when you're on the mic do you feel like there's an audience listening everything else and th- to go back to that you know what obviously I am thinking about the audience because I'm not really being my normal 100% self. It's me, but just amped a little higher and a little more going for an entertaining type feel. Right. You know, you, you have to do that. And that's yeah. what I was saying with sensibilities. We have the same sensibilities. Like, well, I learned that from you. I learned it from you. I, I oh, basically, wow. that's what I I'm saying. I'm watching just... you, all right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But ever since I started hosting, I, I always, you know what I mean? I, I try to uh, follow your lead because you're a person like me that gets these witty observations in movies that other people don't come across. So luckily, you and I do have that sensibility in common. But yeah. you brought it out for me because that's what you were doing on the show. I'm like, oh, if I ever do a show like that, I'm going to do something similar. <laughs> you guys know I know all, all the crazy shit I come up with in movies I see in different theories and, everything, and funny things that some – see – I notice things that other people don't notice, but I also equally miss things that everybody else sees. So right. I don't know what it says about me, but that's that's me, I guess. <laughs> Fucked up. For me, is if I know that I say something wrong, if I misspeak, uh, like about something factual, and I don't catch it while I'm on the show, but I'll catch it later, and I can't do anything about it, you know. Um, then I'm just like, oh, like it, it bothers me and it is embarrassing. Yeah. So this yeah, probably, but that's like, well, somebody out there is going to believe what I say and then they're wrong. So I always try to correct it if I can. Like, and then they're going to repeat it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> that, that, that embarrasses me. Right. Um, 
One question is, with a completely unlimited budget and any actors you want, what style of horror movie would you want to make? Um, everyone knows my dream. I, well, I don't think I say it enough that everyone knows, but <clears throat> my thing is always to make a movie about, like, green Wizard of Oz witches, like, high atop a mountain in a cave with a cauldron and all that shit. Like, I think, like, we all have these images of witches, but who's actually seen a full fleshed out movie of this thing? It's almost like just blips and cartoons or the kind of witch that Bugs Bunny meets or something or uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segment, things like that, which they did do with uh, Marge, Patty, and Selma. Like, but I want a whole movie like that and like treat them like real. Like the way they took Batman from the Adam West stuff and then made it as if it was real, I would do that with uh, Wizard of Oz looking witches. Uh, and the only other thing I would do is probably like a movie about like real ghosts, like the way, the way, um, you know, like when you see like Haunting in Connecticut or any of these other weird movies, like it doesn't seem like you'd ever really see that in real life. So I want to make a movie about like, you know, like those creepy pictures that you see and it's just like a ghost or a face somewhere or whatever like I would try to somehow take that and bring it to the screen like something about real ghosts um but they obviously don't do anything so I'd have to find a way where that works but you know that's what I would do my, those two things then you can ask them if they regret dying and what they were wearing <laughs> yeah cause <laughs> dude that's all we look at all the time what's in their that haircut, haircut? <laughs> of course. Do you regret slipping in the shower and dying because now you're a nude ghost with his dick swinging around? <laughs> awesome. I mean, what if Josh Hartnett had died while making the faculty? Then he'd be seventh grade haircut for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, for sure. If I had no budget limitations, I could do whatever I wanted. I would make a really good werewolf movie. Mm. And the, the and I've had this script for a werewolf movie that I've wanted to make for about a decade. And the reason that I haven't done it is that is something that requires a good budget. That's that's one of the genres that you can't really get away with, like cheaping out on. Or not having the talent. Well, I mean, like, you know, to make a really good-looking werewolf. And I wouldn't want to make a cheesy, bad-looking werewolf movie. I want something that looks legit. I want something that looks great. And it will probably never happen because that requires a lot of money and talent to get a good-looking werewolf. I mean, like a Rick Baker werewolf, you know? I, I, I'm not... Uh, I can't afford that. And I don't want to make just a shitty-looking werewolf movie, so... Well, I have a hundred bucks I'd donate. That will that yeah. will get a toenail. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's worth it. I'll chip in a hundred. There you go. Let's do it. Now we have a two hundred fifty dollar budget. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, Neil, what is which conserve shit? Oh well, first of all, my movie is going to be. Um, it's definitely going to be filmed on on thirty five millimeter. Definitely on film because I want to make an eighties slasher that looks like the 80s slashers used to look because there is none like that. People always make these modern movies 
uh, and and they they go they try to make it like it's an '80s movie, but it never yeah. has the feel of a VHS '80s movie, the authentic, the way you would see it filmed on film, not digitally. You know what I mean? That's that's the one fatal flaw in modern films that try to make their film look old. That doesn't doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? So I want to do it the right way. And that's wow. what I would do—a slasher that way on film, no question, and not not using a synthesizer, because uh, everyone thinks. Have you noticed that the big synth revolution in in, yes. in all these movies now—they make it sound like slashers all were synthy. Honestly, yeah. no, they they were cold keys. I want to have piano cold keys and i want to have strings you know what i mean i want creepy music in my in my slasher for for tense moments i don't want everything to be you know all the shit it has its place but <laughs> most horror movies in the 80s that were slashers did not have that synth sound they had you know stock piano or, or creepy shit or whatever you know what i mean that's yeah, it. absolutely. Well, people seem to think that every '80s movie was synthesized, and yeah. that is that is simply not the case. But yeah, I get you about the film stock. I for my movie, I've had a specific look in mind, and it is um, TV movie, which seems bizarre. But my story is sort of a spinoff from um, from Trilogy of Terror, and I'm a huge fan of Dan Curtis and Dan Curtis made TV horror movies and so that's what I, I specifically want to use a Panaflex camera to make this film only not only would that be crazy expensive to get the film but also I'd have to find someone who knew how to work that kind of camera and I don't even know if anybody knows how to do that anymore wow you have to go hire Dean Cundy or something bring him yeah. out of retirement <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, well, I can use the Panaglide. <laughs> I, I talked to Tarantino if I were you. He would know somebody that would be good with that. And Jamie, I guess your movies, the, the idea you're going for, when you said TV movie, I noticed, the, uh, I noticed this recently as I'm going through all these different movies of the decades. I don't like the way movies looked in the 90s. And they, they all looked, not all of them, a lot of them looked like TV movies to me. And I don't know if either of you two get that. When I'm I know, I know exactly what you mean. There is okay. a very distinctive look to '90s TV movies, and no, I, the, I'm I'm specifically referring to '70s TV. Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm nice. specifically aiming for '70s TV movie with this, and um, yeah, it's just this whole picture I've had in my head. But yeah, '90s TV movies. Uh, Mother may I sleep with danger. It's like they, they all have it, and the lighting is the lighting was so specific, and just the colors, and you know, you can spot them from six miles away. Yeah, but for me, the '90s. What I was saying is, all of even the theatrical movies, a lot of them, not everyone, a lot of movies just had that look. They looked like a TV movie to me, like movies that you see it at the theater too like like watch watch um the tales from the dark side certain movies yeah. put put them in and watch them they look like tv movies they look but people saw them at the theater 
If you had a huge budget, no. But they just had this look. Just like modern movies, and I've noticed this this past year, all have this shitty color over them. I call it a like a filter. Like someone put a filter over the camera. But you can definitely tell 2010's movie making and onward. Something about the look, I just don't like it. There's like a gloss over everything that didn't used to be there. Like to me, the 80s were like... Everything was clear and looked good, and it was just perfect. And some seven vibrant colors and crisp, and yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and Brian and I bitch about that all the time, like around 2006 and on, or even a little earlier than that with some. It was after the Matrix hit. Everyone started doing like blue tint and yellow tint and green tint, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so over that. And if you go back and watch a movie from back then, now it's it almost makes me want to vomit you know um dawn of the dead 2004 i love the movie but it has this sickly yellow tinge to it that uh even the first the ring uh we yep. watched that not too long ago and it, yeah and it's and i'm like ugh. like it i just, think that was an artistic choice to be to, for the for the damp Cool. Uh, yeah, it's just, it just is so ugly. Oh, the Saw I, movies did it. It's ugly. And I, I like just, the Saw movies. Only there. <laughs> it's the charm for me, kind of. I know Jamie did it. It, it, it wears yeah. them, right? <laughs> no, it does. It does. And I just, and now I don't even, I'm like, ugh. You know, <laughs> when we go back and watch, I'm like, God, that's an ugly movie. And I might like the movie mm. overall, but I'm just like, ugh, it just is not, it doesn't look good. But now, People are starting to get back into using color again and, you know, but like you look at something like Saw and then compare it to like an Argento film, you know, and you can definitely see the difference there. Well, that the new Batman movie almost looked sepia tone. See what I mean? They all have that look. Modern movies have that look like they put this weird film over the movie. It doesn't look we have all these advances now where everything could be crisp and clear and beautiful as, as it should be, and yet they choose to put that film over it. And that's the only word I can think of is film. I can just picture somebody taking something and putting it over the, the camera lens. I right. don't know. It's just it's Well, it actually, it actually works in the new Batman movie. Like, it makes it feel like a world of its own. Like, it's, it's in its own. Like, it's not part of this world. Well, Gotham should look dark like that or right. whatever they're doing, you know? Yeah, it really worked. Uh, okay, so one of the questions were, um, do you ever go back and listen to old shows? Well, you know I do all the time. Yeah, I know you do. I'm more curious about Jamie. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, one person too. I don't think I ever heard talk about something like that. Rarely. Rarely. And it's not that I don't like them. It's that I don't like listening to myself. So... So you just listen to the porn show then? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know I've never listened to that show? Oh, you should now. Because I was so jealous You're I wasn't man? on it. I, I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to listen to it. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> it's so funny. It's weird, weird that way. I don't, I don't often listen to shows that, okay, like I did just listen to the Exploding Heads that I was on. I'll nice. usually listen to them like one time. But I don't go back and listen frequently. The only time I've done that was I did a couple years ago, like I said, go back and listen to the Texas Chainsaw Retro. Right. And that was because I was like, I was itching to hear what I sounded like when I first came on the Skeleton Crew. Like, how did that come off? I was just curious to hear what that was like. But I really just, I don't. I don't often. I have listened to the... 
Friday versus Halloween show. Oh, just nice. because I loved that show. I and I've listened to that one multiple times. As a rule, though, I don't. I just don't like. I don't like listening to myself. It kind of skeeves me out to hear myself. A lot of people feel that way. I know a lot of people that won't listen to themselves, and, and it's weird because me, I don't even love myself, but I don't mind listening to myself on a podcast. You know what I mean? I, it's, I, and I, I, I relive the time too because I'm usually having a good time. If if it wasn't a good show, I won't listen. But honestly, I pretty much have enjoyed listening back to every show I've done. And it's not an ego; it's a curiosity thing to try to figure out what people hear when they hear me. Like to try to listen to it, like detach myself from myself and see what I genuinely think about me. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and and reliving like the moment, like this discussion we're having is a great discussion. I do want to go back and listen to it again, so because it's it's a fun time. So I, but a lot of people say they hate the sound of their voice, and I'm not saying I love mine, but I'm able to distanced myself luckily from that yeah I, I want to stop this right now and listen to it <laughs> I want to get off it while I'm on it and go listen <laughs> I've good. listened and you listen and Jamie and I will talk you can listen to us talk <laughs> yeah. I'll listen you guys finish the show I want to hear back what we just did <laughs> okay um, so I guess that goes to this well I guess Jamie won't really unless you had a great memory of doing things what is each host's personal favorite show so I, I'll do mine, maybe to help you guys jog your memory. So, 88, Friday versus Halloween, obviously, uh, that was the, the the big one where everybody was on it. It was just one laugh after another, or one good observation after another. Um, it was, I think, my best hosting job, because um, it was a lot to control in that situation. Like, it could have went off the rails, you had to really keep that on track and I, I had the vision right away so it's as chaotic as that could have been I simplified it before we even started so that was my job to keep it like that and then also obviously add in things that are worth listening to which I hope I did that pretty good so that was like my personal biggest accomplishment to me anyway just the conception of that show because i did try that show you don't even know this or maybe i mentioned it um i did do that on rabbit and red i did that entire show uh i can set i conceived that back in 2010 but uh and it was it, it went okay but we just didn't have the kind of flows that we have these day, or those days <laughs> it's not even these days anymore it's like what 2014 maybe yeah, just a great show. Uh, Abbott Costello, Meet the Skeleton Crew, definitely near and dear. The Garbage Pail Kids show, I'll always love. To me, that was just so fun and different. Um, the Faculty vs. Disturbing Behavior show was just a great time because I grew up on those in, the, <clears throat> in my teens and stuff. So that was like great to go back like 20 years later and revisit that. Um, <clears throat> the Psycho Retrospective. The house show we did, which was our final show, um, proper, I guess. And that was a funny show, because I don't know if anybody realized, but at the time we were doing short 30-minute shows, and I guess I didn't properly um, communicate to Dave. I don't, I, I, maybe I did to just Jamie, I don't know. But that one, since, since we kind of were going through a lot of drama during that uh, whole month, for reasons we mentioned earlier um 
we were going to just kind of end things at that point. So I said, well, let's go out and do a whole show for House. And Dave did not schedule around that. So <laughs> if you notice, Dave just stops talking like with like 45 minutes to go. And then all of a sudden he comes back and goes, yeah, I give this one a, uh, you know, like whatever he says. So uh, you don't know this, but in ed- in editing, Dave had to leave. And then it was just me and Jamie talking and a bunch of clips and everything. And then what we asked Dave to do before he left was go ahead and give his rating. And I'll pop that in at the end. <laughs> so that was weird. But like besides that, but that was not even really a problem. You kind of get so zoned into what's going on anyway that it's, it doesn't hurt or anything. So that was just uh, really something I always wanted to do. That was like my 10-year-old dream to do that show. Um, And then when we did all the classic monster movies, that was always different. Show 90, that's the uh, interview with Felissa Rose and Jonathan Tiersten that we redid. Remember me me and you, Jamie? Did those uh, re-interviews with them? And they were, like, much more personal and less about the movies. Yeah, that was... I remember when, uh, particularly when we did the Felissa Rose interview, that was some of the most fun I ever had with you on the show. Mm-hmm. That was great. That was... And I don't like doing interviews. No. You know that about me. Like, I would be conspicuously absent on <laughs> interview shows because I don't like doing interviews. I never have. You didn't even really do the Robert Russler one, but you came on after, and then I you came called on back. After. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that is crazy. Show one hundred was big because I think we were all on that one too. Um, well, at least me, you, Dave, and Matt were on it, and um, I think Mike even made an appearance on that one. He called in, oddly enough, during the part where we got to his part of the show. I was able to pop it in because that's what I was editing at the time that he called. So that was kind of uh, meant to be because Mike called as I was ta- I was ending out the uh, 2012 best of clips. And then I was able to just take his conversation, drop it in and continue building that show, which was an eight hour show. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, 88 is just that was such a good time and it was such an epic undertaking and it was so just involved and everybody was there it was just a really fun time that's probably my absolute favorite and then you know i really loved the show uh, 102 that was that lovecraft the lovecraft show that we did with yep. brian and that's yep. because that's before brian and i were doing stuff like that together and I was, like, bringing him into my world, and I thought that was really fun. I enjoyed it. Did he have any reservations about me? Like, was he like, well, I don't know, and then you were like, no, don't worry, he'll be fine, and he he won't be a wise-ass with you or something? Like, did he have anything where he was, like, thinking, I don't know if I want to do this? No. Because I don't know if he knew as well at the time. If he did have reservations, it wasn't about you personally, it was about me you know do, no it was about uh <laughs> podcasting in general just because that was not his thing you know so you know he may have felt kind of weird about coming in and talking about stuff like that when it's not his usual thing but no he didn't have any he didn't have any reservations about you personally okay i always figure most people should <laughs> <laughs> it's just good practice okay dave how about you 
Well, I'm, I've said it many, many times <laughs> that the Friday Retro was very nostalgic for me. It was the first podcast I heard of anything, of any podcast ever. And it happened to be Friday, which is my favorite thing. So I had to fall in love with it, of course. And Perfect. It'll, it'll always be near and dear. It'll always be nostalgia for me. It's weird, this, that. But then after that, I would say the, um, the Cycle Retros are freaking awesome. Yeah, people talk more about Texas Chainsaw and other ones that you've done, but I, uh, I think the Cycle Retros was like the, the the three of you when you guys were really in in like peak form. It was right. great. Yeah, totally. And, you know what um, no one talks about the Evil Dead Retro. Yeah, you're right. They'll get overlooked. You're right. That is a it really does. That's fair. Yeah, Psycho's great. And I would say the other one. Well, I've always, I always got to give props for. For, for 36 for uh, freaking the Halloween Awards because the work that went into that I mean there was the first time I heard a podcast that well produced as well and everything else and you know Thanks. it could have been better in a few ways but uh, overall I mean I, I it's very enjoyable and uh, a great feat to to accomplish you know so as far as being on shows 88 absolutely that was very exciting and oh, a God. great time oh man I was, my heart was racing on that episode. Everyone was, was on fire. Yeah. You know what I, the biggest regret and the dumb, oh, here you go. Here's embarrassing. On that show, I actually claimed to know the true answer if Ellie was a robot the entire time or not in Halloween 3. <laughs> and my logic, which would have been absolutely correct, was that Connell Cochran when Dan was in the elevator with him and the two robots were there and the, and the guy right. sneezed he it goes it didn't happen right <laughs> it did not happen it, 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 what I said was he goes oh yes they do everything but talk now right. do you know I eventually watched something and that line was said there and then I went oh shit this was never in Halloween 3 and you know what it's from? Laurel and Hardy, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Wow. That's a deep cut. Do you remember? <laughs> do, you, do you watch that every Christmas? Babes in Toyland? No, I've seen it in passing. I saw it when I was a kid, but I don't know. I couldn't recite a line from it. Oh, you know? dude. We watch it every... I've seen it like 60 times. Wow. It is amazing. Oh, it's great. You should really watch it. it it's They air it every Thanksgiving. Definitely try to watch it next year. I'm sure you could probably watch it for free on YouTube. I never even looked, but you really should. It's great. Cool. Santa ordered 600 soldiers at one foot high to give to the kids. And, you know, Laurel and Hardy are like idiots, like Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. So the dumb one took the order, and he thought Santa said, I thought you said 100 soldiers at six foot high. <laughs> so, so there was all these like men, and oh, and he's like, "Here they are, Santa." And he's like, "What am I gonna do with these? I can't give these to the kids. What? Are you, what is this?" And then that's when they realized it. So, so before that all revelation, Santa's just looking as he goes, "Well, here they are," and Santa's just looking dumbfounded. And then the toy maker goes, "They they do everything but talk." And then I was like, "Ah, wow. oh, shit." So, my big thing on that show 88 was absolutely nonsense. And as usual, nobody even called you out on it. 
listeners, this, the craziest things happen on podcasts sometimes, and the stuff later on you look back and you like you uh, uh, there you go. That's a huge mistake you made. I've done that too. Like nobody corrected me, and then half the, the other time, something that we think is incredible was done on the show. And nobody comments on it. They comment about something <laughs> else entirely. We're like, how do you, you know, it's so funny. Oh, yeah. So, oh, sometimes, dude, I'll press that that link, that post link button. And I'm like, bam, like as if I just released the greatest show ever. And then like no one talks about it. I'm like, wait a minute. That was like the best thing we ever did. And then all of a sudden I'll put a show out. And I'll be like to Jamie. I was like, well. Yeah, I don't know if it was that great or whatever, like when we're done recording. And then all of a sudden I'll just release it. And everyone's like, dude, that was amazing. That was my favorite show in, in the last year. And I'm like, what? Wow. So as as much as you think I might I might have the pulse of the listener, sometimes I really don't. And it's really weird. It's tough to do. Yeah. So in case um, <clears throat> this is the end... Which you never know. Um, it seems like it would be a good fitting ending. Ten years mark, and on the day of the 10-year anniversary, we released the final thing ever for it. But then I think of things like, well, what about when Halloween Ends comes out? Would I not do a show for that? You know? So, and then I think, well, maybe I'll just jump on somebody else's, and then I'll just post it in uh, everywhere that people know me or whatever. I want to do it with you guys, especially. Like, where would I do it, too? I'd rather be with you, too. But neither of you want me on your shows, so it's hard to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I want you on the show, but you can't share it right away. (laughs) That's the problem with my show. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's a paid program. Yeah, in 10 months, you can listen to this if you want. (laughs) It's a Christmas show. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, you could hear it in June. We're going to do the Halloween Kills. Or ends, whatever. <clears throat> so what what words would you uh, end everything off with if this were to be the final Skeleton Crew type program? I think I, I think I will release it as a Skeleton Crew episode, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. right? That'd be weird not to. It's great. I would just say how much I appreciate all the people who have been out there from the beginning or even the people who weren't in the very beginning but have been out there consistently. And each time we do anything, there they are, ready to hear what we're gonna do. And that kind of dedication is just amazing. And it, it makes me smile. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I wanna thank everybody because I, when I came out full time, again, I was just a listener, a diehard listener. and. When I came on full time, it's hard for me to like judge those shows based upon the other shows, based upon the original crew, and based upon the, the you know the the one everyone knew and loved with uh, with Jamie and Dan and Alex. And then so I and I, so I never actually knew what people felt about that. But then one day it was it came up. Alex put something up in the in the thing, uh, a poll about something about and I couldn't believe how many uh, people said that they loved the era that I was there. See, I again, I, I can't look at it objectively as I'm on it, and I can't listen back objectively. So I, I'm like, how does this stack up against those shows, which to me are like, you know, top of the freaking, top of the later shows, especially the, the early ones with all the retros and everything. Man, great stuff. So to hear that people, you know, a lot of people loved that era, I was, it really, you know, 
took me by surprise. I never forgot it. I was like, wow, I go, all these people like and when I was there too. So I was real, you know, humbled by it. So yeah, just thank you for that. On that note, um, I've talked to people since pretty much like things have basically ended. And you might be shocked to hear that a lot of people prefer you as the third host. That's shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, like even and it even came up again um, for this show. They because I just said the three of us will be back, and they and they were like a couple people wrote to me and, and asked, really? Because they kind of you know, know about all the things from uh, what two years ago, I guess now, and um, almost two years. Yeah, one and a half, and um, they were like, oh, great, good, yeah, that's what I wanted, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's what it is. I even got into the conversation. I go, so what, why, what is your preference overall? And they said you. Wow. I'm shocked. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew there'd be a few, you know, I know a few people that, you know, listen to everything I put out. So I appreciate that, of course, but right. I'm not really shocked. How many? Well, maybe no, not shocked. Like you still got that bitch on there though. So <sighs> you're the queen. I put the bitch on the phone. <laughs> 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 I'm not surprised because I think I think you um, won everybody over with being the enthusiastic caller in, then the enthusiastic guest, interesting, funny guest, and then they all saw you just show everything you have to offer on Banana Laser. And then <clears throat> coming here from there, it was like, oh, well, here it is, a seal of approval. So then you seamlessly came here. Then exploding heads, and look at what you've done with that in all these years. Like, when did you start that? 2017, 15, also? 15, same year, same year as ABCs. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. Pretty cool. The very end. I mean, we came out, our first show was like, our second show was a freaking, it was December. We had three shows. And just, that's the funny thing about the show. Our first show was a regular one. It was the format I wanted to go with, an old movie and a new movie, right? Right. Uh, so that they tie in together. So it was like slasher. So we did that. And then the second show was a Christmas show. And the third show was a year-end show. <laughs> Top 10 of the year. <laughs> Grant always laughs about it. Like, I, he was like, I imagine people thinking, who the fuck do these guys think they're Yeah, are? we <laughs> want to hear your top ten. Who are you? <laughs> who cares what you guys think? Right. It was the very end of the year, December. So you can really say 2016, you know, because it was just the three shows in December of 15. But I it was like the... that, though, because I always thought that was very clever because right out of the gate, people, when they listened to you, would know who you guys were you know by your right. top 10 list like it would give them an idea of who they were listening to i thought that was great cool yeah yeah I, brandon just has fun with it but i mean i figured it would get people's attention because it's a new show and it's still funny but it's yeah yeah oh, it's hysterical but, but it works right <laughs> yeah it's kind of perfect put out a show that is gonna people are gonna be like okay it's a themed show you know what I mean? Granted, everyone does Christmas themes, but still, we still did that, and not everyone does top tens. Well, nowadays they kind of do, but you know, you may as well try to get people involved by it. instead of just saying, "Well, it's our first show, we're gonna do," um, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, you know, which worked for you guys, but that was 2012. Right? Yeah, it wouldn't work these days. Who wants to hear another Friday Thirteenth retro? Sadly, me. But because <laughs> I can't get enough, <laughs> I can't get enough of the movies or the podcast. I'll listen to freaking. Uh, the worst podcaster in the world do a Friday the 13th retro. <laughs> I think try. he did one. 
no, but uh, yeah, uh, thank you for all the questions submitted. Sorry, I, I p- pasted it, didn't get your names on there. Um, sorry, we couldn't get to all of them. As you can see, the show took on a life of its own while while following your structure. Um, so that worked. That actually always works out for the best. Um, yeah, thanks um, for everything, for ever checking out the show. Thanks for sticking with it after hearing the third show. Thanks for sticking with it after the in-between episodes before Jamie. And hopefully your faith was rewarded in 2013 and 14, so on. And thank you for sticking through all the... I wouldn't say revolving door, but I mean, looking back on it, I guess you could think that for the hosts. But, um, you know, I think it was long times between each one. Um, literally two years, I guess it was, seems to be the limit. Well, one, almost one year with Mike and then two years, then Dave, then two years, then Dan. And then, uh, yeah. So thanks for sticking through that. A lot of people don't. Thanks for listening to those two random shows. So 18 and 19 Halloween and three from hell. Cause who keeps up with podcasts that are done to hear a one-off and then being there for the 2020 special. And then from there, you some people actually, whoever's listening now at least, actually stuck around through my solo cast to hear that, even though two people aren't even on it. Well, I was going to say, you are continuing the tradition and you're doing a great job with your solo cast. I love listening to it. So, Thanks. I agree. Yeah. The crew will never die completely. Yeah, so yeah, so thank you for all that. That's you know, I I had I was a fan of podcasts, a couple, and I kind of f- fell off with a lot of them. So the fact that people haven't done that with us is incredible. Um, <clears throat> so again, hope hope it all paid off. It seems like the, a good cap ending to everything. A you know, what's it called? A book shelf? Uh, what's that thing at the end of a book? Bookend. <laughs> Bookend. Yeah. yeah, I'm overthinking it. Uh, <laughs> this is an educational show. Yeah, maybe it's a good bookend. Um, I don't know. I won't say nothing now. If something hits us or me alone with the bare bones thing, then it is what it is. So thanks for listening to the 10th anniversary show. What a great thing to look back on. I'm so glad. I'm sure we, I know all three of us are so glad we participated in this and came together and created something that we could be proud of. Definitely proud of it. I definitely, I think it holds the test of time. I think you could listen to a 2012 or 14 show now and it hopefully comes off just as fresh as then. Um, because we were all happy to be there, high energy, and just having a good time. And thank you for the family that built around it all, and the community that is still there, somewhat. And thanks for following everybody into doing what they're doing solo, like Exploding Heads, ABCs, Horror in the House of Salmons, like every bare bones even, and and all that, because that means a lot. The crew is family, and that's what that really means. And that's, that's all it meant in the end. None of us got rich from this. None of us got famous from this. Nothing. Just did it and went back to our normal life. And the only thing to show for is good people. So, and a good community. So, 
I guess that's it. So I don't know whatever way you want to say goodbye. I I know you ended the way you say hello, but how do you say goodbye these days? <laughs> Happy ten years. Yeah, peace, boneheads. <laughs> I love you all. <clears throat> Happy ten years, boners. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Nice. And now can I get out of the dungeon? Um, I don't know. Uh, you have to ask J-Lo. She's been here, and uh, she might not want to share it with you. Nope, she don't like to share. No, she said with that ass, there's not enough room in here. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do with all that ass? Oh, don't ask me. I might tell you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 